Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, hosting as always, aka Captain Brunch. Being joined as always with Destin Soglo Frazier. Everybody's getting divorced now. This is weird. And it's divorce time, right? They only got married because they thought they were going to die a year ago. It's like, wait a minute. I still have my whole life to look forward to? See, that's weird, though, because one was Kanye and the other one was freaking Exhibit. Oh, there's another one, too. There's a bit of a separation here. Look at Rick and Lou before we even get past the intro. But, yeah, uh, didn't uh, Bailey broke up with her fiancé, oh, right? yeah. What was her fiancé again? Uh, I forget his name. Aaron, he, he's for AEW, right? Yeah, it was Aaron something. The last name escapes me, but we'll get Yeah. Let's save it for the stories. Look at that. We're going right into the news. Good Lord here. <laughs> Not even The music has been the top one. Not even I didn't even get the tweet out yet. I screwed up on the tweet. Just trying to rush on here and stuff. I just failed at that, too. But yeah. Thank you to everybody that's here in all of the chat rooms. This is episode 440. I haven't been saying the episode numbers for a long time here, but we're 440 consistent weekly episodes into doing this show since 2014 now. So that's pretty cool. Thank you to everybody who's listening right now across all of the different various podcatcher podcast apps, including iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, you know, all of them, right? Podcast Addict, that's one of Destin's favorites. All of those. We're available there as well as video streams on twitch.tv as well as facebook.com and talkbrunch.com. Don't forget to join us there as well. We got a lot of news ahead of us tonight. No pay per view talk, just a lot of dirt sheets and a Rick's rant, which I haven't brought you one of those since this past June. So that's going to be fun to do, right? Oh God, it's been that long. Yeah, people think that I do it all the time. I'm like, Rick does those rants all the time. It's like, no, I did. I think I've done about three. I guess that's how you know when content is unique, when people feel like it's a, an occasion, a regular thing, and it's really very sporadic and very occasional. Whereas me, whereas me being on here with you so much, that's like when fucking Goku whipped out the spirit bomb. I was like, wow, it's been a minute since I've seen this shit. Yeah, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade or anything, you know, because that's sort of what I get the impression. Of. Like there's, there were certain uh-ohs, you know. I, don't, I wouldn't call it an uh-oh occasion, even though sometimes when I don't mean to, it becomes one, right? Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> anyway, though, I don't want to start off with all of that. I want to get into a couple of, you know, we like to start off with just a few stories, a few padded stories um, in order to have some fun. Have you seen Young Rock? I have not. That was actually part of my day tomorrow. Really? But I've heard good things, though. They aired it uh, after Raw again. Yeah. Uh, Which also followed by that is was a uh, so, so was what was it Steve Austin's show with the machine with the machine yeah that was yeah. great too I got to go back and catch the end I was getting ready I was putting the I last piece of our program ready I'm like I got to go rewatch that that's now I got to go I got to remind me to. yeah I'm I'm really that's when we were talking I talked about a month ago and found that he was going to be on and he told the story I listened to him half tell the story again to, to to Stone Cold oh that's fucking awesome yeah you know Austin asked about it you know so he he knew the machine thing very well great stuff man. great stuff but yeah young rock i gotta say i watched it i think that as a wrestling fan uh in my opinion for the kind of wrestling fan i am and if you're a sitcom fan you also have to sort of like good sitcoms not bad ones uh but as a sitcom fan if you like that and if you like just wrestling i think that there's cool stuff in here man like i i i've popped for a few things you know so i highly recommend 
checking out at least the first episode and seeing if it's for you, you know? Yeah, so far I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They did five point uh thirty four million views on NBC at eight PM. They did a point nine rating in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. So this was this was good to say the very least. This was like really well done. Have you heard yeah, anything about it? So far all I've heard is I guess if you know some of the stories about from when the rock was younger you kind of see them get a lot of that stuff almost spot on if not spot on but yeah the rock did a really good job in this as far as uh, he's doing the narrative he's doing all of the storytelling and things like that it's really solid as far as that kind of stuff goes yeah that that's that's actually probably the best thing ever all day so yeah that, i can't wait to freaking see it apparently the rock in this story he said he's going to be running for president like that's the whole foreshadow of this thing like he's talking in the future like this is the rock i think four or eight years from now talking to us in the future as president and it's like a flashback to his life and i'm hearing that that's a shoot that he actually is considering becoming president yeah that's been a thing for so long so much to the point where like that was part of the freaking of the last 2k game not battlegrounds the other one the last 2k games uh storyline was that the rock was president when it was happening that man is hell-bent on getting that freaking in that office which is insane, right? That's crazy. Like, holy shit. Dude, if he pulls it off, holy shit. Like, would you, I mean, at this point, if you, with the presidents that we've had, would you really mind if the, if you gave the rock a try? He's, he's good on the mic, right? Right. I'd rather have one. That <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's yeah, all you got to do to be president now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about it is? If you come for him on Twitter, he'll clap right back on your ass. He will. I, I, oh, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see people come at him on Twitter. But you know what? The, the this way new, he used to come at Trump. You're thinking of our rock that we grew up with. This new rock is very uh, PC. You know, he's not going to clap back on anyone. He's going to be really right. nice. Like, think about it. Whenever you see the rock, he comes off as a kind face. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to NBC him. <laughs> That's just a bad, I'm still finagling with things in the background. And that just turned out to be the timing of how things are. Is that what we're going to do whenever someone's kindly? We're going to NBC them? <laughs> yes. He's going to be more correct. He's not going to give the P. He's not going to stick anything up your candy ass or any of that stuff that you used to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just not happening, bro. Like, if that's, what, if that's where you thought that this rock was going, I, I'm afraid I got some bad news. I don't have time for the drop. That's the second bit of bad news. Oh, that's the worst news. Yeah, not having time for the drop. But uh, I don't know. What does it take nowadays to become? Ah, uh, there it is again. Fuck. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Randall Park. The primaries are over and the nominees oh for the 2032 U.S. presidential race are set. See, that's the and part where he's name, in the future that you're hearing. You may have heard before. Candidate Dwayne Johnson has wasted no time hitting the campaign trail with his no must, no fuss bus tour. Traveling cross country to talk to American voters. I'll give you upstairs. And show that he's one of them. Wow! Yeah, and he's about like as big doing... as Kevin Hart's ego. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that level of fame also <laughs> has its downside. Dwayne Johnson's success is being used against him by his critics. They say he's lived the cushy Hollywood. So then that's the point where he tells his life story and he goes into the whole back thing. Like that's just the narrative part there. But it's well done, man. It's like really well done. That's why Stasis said that's why he backed Biden's campaign. Right. Fucking remember that, Joe. You owe me one. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, oh, my God. That'd be the greatest thing ever. 
I hope it'll get more. four years, so uh, Joe. I hope it'll get more political than that, though. You know, <laughs> but I love for it just be so casual, be like, so uh, Joe, you owe me one, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, you think I? Oh, you think you got in there without me? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I thought that you were gonna watch that. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, watch that other thing, the uh, Sasha podcast. Oh god, there was so much shit to watch, and I was just like, I know I was gonna watch it eventually, and I was like, I think I planned to, and I can't remember what happened, like where it got lost in translation for a second, but I knew that was my game plan this week. I was like, I'm catching that shit this this fucking week. Did you didn't catch the Sasha stuff? No, no, I caught the Sasha thing. I caught uh, both the uh, the Stone Cold podcast and uh, Day of the Rumble. And what do you think of the Sasha stuff from what you saw? The Sasha thing, you know, what? I swear to God, this freaking Stone Cold podcast thing is my new favorite thing on the network because I love how she talks about everything from the evolution of the boss, pretty much everything she's been through with her entire career. But I think one of my favorite things, and it's just because it's probably one of the most memorable things, at least for me, that I saw her do. She talked about uh, the moment with Izzy in that Iron Woman match. Yeah. And how was the shoot? Right. I saw that. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, is that. um it not only shows how cool that was, that's a memory for Sasha, that shows how big of a deal Izzy is, because it was a thing where, I remember her exact words, where she didn't know if Izzy was going to be there, but she was counting on it. You know yeah. how many times you got to be at an event where one of the wrestlers is planning on you being there just for a spot? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's some shit right there. And it was one of probably the most memorable moments of the match. Yeah. Because it's just like, Izzy was shoot upset. Yeah, which is good. I remember there were people who were watching this that didn't even know who the hell Izzy was before that. Like, we know, but there were people that actually put attention to her, too. That got Izzy over. That's how good that was. Exactly. And it's just, it's cool to show, it shows the dedication that Izzy's had to this to where you see one person in this one spot so many times to the point where you think, maybe I can work this into that. And it worked magically. Yeah, no, I definitely did. And uh, it's solid. I know she also spoke about her hair, too. You know, like the, yeah. the fact that when she looked in the mirror, she didn't like her hair because of the par- purple hair. She couldn't see her own hair for a while. And I guess she went through uh, some issues. What I want to say was depression. Did she say depression? I think it was depression. Yeah. Okay. I know depression was at least one of them for sure. Yeah. Which we're going to talk on that a little bit later on. Because, uh, yeah, my rant has something to do with that. Not with her. You know, I don't want you guys to think that it had anything to do with her. But like just in general. Anyway, but yeah, The Rock did say that he wants to become president, and I guess he's serious. He said that this isn't some flyby. He said, I will consider presidential run in the future if that's what the people wanted. Truly, I mean that, and I'm not flippant in any way with my answer. That would be up to the people, so I would wait, and I would listen. I would have my finger on the pulse, my ear to the ground. So, uh, of course, the people are going to want him to be president, though. Like, now he's screwed himself. They're not going to be like, don't do it, Rock. They're going to be like, no, do it, Rock. When can I vote, Rock? Yeah, and uh, someone else basically had his endorsement here that I'm going to play the clip for. The Rock has said after for so long, people have said have have begged him almost to run for president, and and I see he has finally said, "Hey, maybe I would actually be open to doing it sometime down the road." So, um, you know, I guess you have you have a brother, Kane, who's in politics. Right. Uh, talk to me about uh, President The Rock and uh, what you make of this. What are your thoughts? Yeah, what do you call him? Mr. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Is it President Johnson? Is it pre- the Rock? President Rock? The Rock? I don't know. I'm Big Johnson. Yeah, I, I think you know people would still have to you know, call him Rock. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. 
I, I would hope I would have that clout that I could, you know, get away with still calling him, you know, rock or jabroni or, but, uh, I don't I, know if you could call the president jabroni though. I could call him president jabroni. <laughs> oh, well, um, no, Hey, you know what? I tell you what about rock, I, man, what a success story he is and it, and not given to him. I mean, that man works his tail off and he dives in, he dives in wholeheartedly into everything that he does. And if he gets his mindset that, that, that he wants to make a run at politics, uh, you know what? I, I think he'll do it. And, um, you know, I don't really, I don't know where he sits on a, on a lot of his policies. Uh, but, um, I, I know that he has the, the will and the determination to do something. He usually does it. And, um, you know, so, Hey, I, I, I'd call in a favor or two. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Maybe a pardon at some point. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea where he stands politically either, but he just seems like one of those guys taker that everybody likes. Like, who doesn't like The Rock, you know? Uh, maybe yeah. he could actually unite people in a, in a divided country. Hey brother, if that, if, if, on that, on that part alone, if he could do that, that it would be a success. Um, you know, could I, he I, do it? Do you, knowing him, you, I don't know him at all. You, you obviously know him very well. Could he do that? I think so. I mean, he's, he's so, I mean, he's so charming and so, you know, he's so witty. Uh, I think, you know, I think he could be the, uh, the uniter that uh, people are looking for. Um, I, I know that he has the, you know, the charisma. Now maybe all it would take would be one eyebrow, and you right. know, he'd look, he'd look at the left, raise the eyebrow, look at the, you know, right. look at the right, raise an eyebrow, and then you know, hit him with the people's elbow. I don't know, man. There's so many possibilities. Uh, you know, if, if and if that's what he chooses to do, uh, man, I, I, you know, I'll support him. Uh, you know, wholeheartedly in, in his efforts to do so. Now with Taker's endorsement, this is a definite thing. I dare y'all to vote against him. I fucking dare you. I'd be careful. I'm just saying, you know, celebrities don't necessarily know politics. And that goes for the rock side too. Don't you think that he also should be careful? Yeah, <laughs> you really should. Like think about what politics has done to people. Like Trump wasn't as hated until he got into politics. You know, you know some I mean? of these fickle motherfuckers out here now, like, yeah, you got to look at it that way. Like he wasn't like you. You turn heel if you get into politics at the end of the day. So that's definitely <laughs> sugar. <one of> sugar <laughs> change said Rikishi for VP. <laughs> you know, you can definitely fuck yourself hard with uh with that kind of stuff. You you lose more of your privacy in politics nowadays than you even did when you're a celebrity. That is true. Like that's the one thing where it's like I couldn't do that. Like I don't need people in my life that much. Like, if I so much as go out on the freaking house with socks on the wrong foot, it's all over social media. Like, when you're a celebrity, you lose the privacy of what you're doing. When you're a politic, you lose the privacy of what you're doing. Plus, they get to judge and rank and rate all of your actions. I know I'll get a little heat for this, but uh, take Ted Cruz, for example. I'm not even defending actions here. I think everyone who has a job function should be responsible for what they do. Whatever's in your job description, it's your responsibility to do it to the best of your abilities, right? That being said, and again, this is this is without disclaimer, having no political affiliation. Let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Um, He had heat, right? 
I'm just going to explain to you my perspective, just, just the way I do wrestling. Though. He had heat because of the fact that he went to what? He went to Cancun or something? Yeah. He went to Cancun when shit was bad with the weather. Is this correct so far? This Pretty is much. Spot on. And uh, so here's the thing. I've heard people say on Twitter that they, like, you know, there were two sides. There was the, what was he supposed to do? And then there was the, well, he could have done some sort of leadership, you know? There's a pandemic going on. You know, like, what, like, how could he go to Cancun now? But the scary part is whether you agree with that or not, the leaders nowadays can't even keep stuff like that private. Everyone knows he's going to Can- Cancun. But uh, my question to people was, what can he do? Just out of curiosity, playing devil's advocate, shovel the fucking snow? Like, in person, they're saying he, like, like he could be there, but be there doing what physically? Like, they compared him to that other guy, Beto O'Rourke, who, uh, who apparently he sent out a tweet where he said we made over 151,000 calls to senior citizens in Texas tonight and one of our one of our vols talked to a man stranded at home without power in in Killeen hadn't eaten in two days got him a ride to a warming center and a hot meal help us reach more people join us tomorrow and he put out a link look that's cool that's really cool it's a couple of things that I'm just looking at playing devil's advocate again disclaimer I'm playing devil's advocate did that Beto O'Rourke tweet come before or after he found out that uh Ted Cruz was getting heat, no pun intended, considering the cold circumstances, but getting heat for uh, what he was doing. I love how you unintentionally walked into that. that was I did kind of walk into that. You know? <laughs> and then also, the key thing that this other person is quoting, this is what I mean, have political affiliation, just being logical here. The other thing that, that this other guy is talking about, that he made 151,000 calls. Most stuff nowadays is done remotely. As a matter of fact, they encourage people to do things remotely, to stay at home, stay away from people. If he took the proper safety precautions, was tested and masked, whatever the travel precautions are, which I'm sure he would have had to do as a politic in order to, to, to go on that. I don't think that his location is a determining factor in what his job description entails, which essentially in layman's terms means I think that it's possible for him to do whatever work he has to do from wherever he is in the world. And I think that that's actually how most politics have been doing things during a pandemic. They've been wherever they are calling and making things happen right you're not telling me that this election like after all the stuff that they argued about with this voting and how important it was for people to be able to vote from where they are you like all of a sudden it's like in the opposite is strange because the man went on vacation you don't know if he went on vacation to take his family but was going to be working from the hotel the entire time like businessmen are actually known to do I'm going to get kill two birds with one stone. You know, I'm going to be working mobile from the plane on my laptop. I'm going to be at, on the thing. You know, it's kind of like he still does have a family. And then it's weird to me because the contradiction is that a lot of the times and a lot of the thing that won the election for Biden if, uh, was the fact that he's a family man and how family oriented he is and the things he does with his family. This guy could be multitasking for, we you know, no one has a fucking private look in a guy's in the guy's uh, life. But they just immediately jumped on him. But I will tell you this. OK, uh. Ted Cruz was very critical of Mayor Adler, who's the mayor of Austin, for going to Cabo after basically telling a bunch of people that uh, that, that that now's not the time to relax was his quote. A Democrat went on vacation and got criticized for it. So I kind of felt from a, if you look at it the way you look at a lot of dirt cheats and just regular news, it just kind of felt like Democrats clapping back. No one actually gives a fuck about him being there. You know what I mean? It was just their chance to go, aha, you see, 
He's, you know, and that's, that's just the impression I get. And to me, the thing is that the people that are complaining about him going to Cancun, whatever their their political affiliation is, it kind of exposes how stupid they are when it comes to any level of intelligence or politics, in my opinion, just because you could probably objectively assess the reasons and the justifications as to why this guy would be doing it. And it shouldn't matter unless you can actually point out something that his location would have determined. But he got judged right away. And that's what you face when you have to deal with politics. Who wants to be a part of that shit? I'd lose my fucking mind being a part of that. Are you kidding me? Whether you like the guy or don't like the guy, like, wow, people were up in his shit for that. Crazy. Crazy that we're even, like, there's such a sense of entitlement without having a full perspective on things nowadays. I find that kind of funny. So good luck, Rock, if you're going to get into that because people are going to hate him, man. Yeah. People will not care about you, but the second you get into a situation where they can just take little pot shots at you, they're going to turn quick. Yeah, no, it's not. And good then try to justify with whatever bullshit they can. Yeah, definitely not. But uh, as far as the rock show goes, it was really good. I'll try to get the clip later. It's like that clip was glitched or something. I don't know what the hell happened. It's not our stuff. It was literally the physical clip was either pulled or uh, distorted or whatever. I don't want to bring up garbage on here. I kept getting audio with no actual full clip. But uh, yeah, apparently the person who plays him as a teenager. Uh, has gotten very successful from that role you know so uh he's getting recognized basically for just doing a very good portrayal of him i mean i didn't know the rock as a teenager but <laughs> so i can't tell you what hey, if, if they say he knocked it out of the park i mean <laughs> the uh, the acting i was talking about were the legends that i saw on there which was what i was going to show you guys because the legends they did a good job especially the way that they sounded you know yeah i know the clip that keeps getting shown uh in the commercials was uh the one with Andre the Giant, so that's one scene I'm definitely excited to see. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this guy apparently he he did really good. He said that he got the call, he was excited, he didn't know what to say, uh, but he's become like an overnight sensation doing that role. So you know, really cool, really really cool. Yeah, sometimes all it takes is one big break in the acting world, and that was his. Yeah, I think he was in other stuff. I forget what he was in though. You know. But uh, The Rock is also training to be Black Adam. We talked years ago about it, it feels like. I think it actually was years ago that, we, that he was a choice either to be Shazam or Black Adam, and he was going to be Black Adam, then it just kind of disappeared. And now he's training for that, and he actually uploaded a workout video. So just have a look, just for the sake of looks. It is an official wrap on my workout number two for the day. It is Friday. The end of the week is here. Um, I'm training with all my friends, which clearly means I'm by myself. Uh, thousands and thousands of questions about uh, what the training split is and what the exercises are. So for today on Friday, the training split is chest and triceps. The movements today are, uh, I'll start off with a fly, then I'll move to two compound movements, uh, a press and then an incline press, and I will end that giant set. So that is three exercises in a row. And the fourth exercise will be um, a body weight dip uh, and just rep it out till fatigue, until failure, and that is a son of a bitch. Um, then I'll do one more chest movement, and then I will move on to triceps. So obviously with the Black Adam prep, um, there is mythology, there's, there's character, there's story study, things like that. But when it comes to the physicality part and the balance and the energy of Black Adam, I want to raise the bar with the character. That's the hope. More to come. Thank you for the support, and uh, finish your week strong. Love you guys. Yeah, He um, is huge. Yeah, it's like twice the size Good of the regular Lord. rock. It's a little bit crazy. Like, what is he doing Lord, at that you, size? You imagine right? if that rock wrestled Brock Lesnar? Mm, no. I mean, it would be good, you know. 
but I mean, I don't think it would be good. It would be good uh, visually. I don't think it would be great in any other way. <laughs> you know, just because uh, you know the way freaking Lesnar works. You know, no good. So, uh, in other news, and I didn't think that this was actually going to come up as fast as it did. Damien Priest and Bad Bunny. Trip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. They're right. He is. A, he is a draw. Thank you, John Vincent. As soon as he heard it, he was up in here. Trip, you know what? You just made the list. And oh no! Oh, here we go. And it's Thank you also for the follow there. You see, I said, all I have to do is put Bad Bunny on the screen. That's what it takes. Right? Let's just keep him up there. I'll be the new logo. <laughs> just keep him up there, right? Just keep He'll him be the new background. He'll be the new logo. Fuck it. Yeah, you know. This will be permanently Bad Bunny if you give us more. Talk Bad Bunny. <laughs> no, it's not going to keep Cheesy working. as all hell. They go like, you should have it knocked. Yeah, I don't want to kill our mojo. Dude, remember how we were joking? I had to do a double take when I read this shit. Do you remember how we were joking about how, uh, like, because there's Bow Wow, that Bow Wow guy now is training? And Bad Bunny also has like a gimmick that there could be some sort of a crossover here that we don't see. You know what the bad part about it is? I've been hearing about a crossover for like a month. Dude, they're tweeting. They're in a tweet war right now. The Bow Wow guy tweeted, hey, um, tell your little pet Bad Bunny I've been watching and I'm not impressed. I got I got Morrison's back. Stop hiding from the real Mr. Bunny. And then Damien Priest tweets back to Bow Wow. Ha, not impressed, huh? Every Monday we're living what you're chasing, homie. But by all means, keep shooting blanks on Twitter. There's now a closer possibility to, to the thing with the with the bunny and the fucking dog. <laughs> like, we really wound up here. All of the things that we've been joking about, about the possibility, and they were all far possibilities. Like, where the stars would need to really align. We're going to have Bow Wow. We might have Bow Wow with, with Miz and Morrison? This, was that what they just fucking teased? I think just Morrison. Yeah, but of course Miz would be in it. No, Miz will have a title. Miz will probably have a title defense. Title defense the way they're going, dude. Clearly, Bad Bunny's gonna cost him that title to Lashley. You know that shit, right? Uh, like that's what they set up here. <laughs> so that's the whole point. Oh I, I'm God, hearing rumors God. that that the card's already been seen, and and Miz is in a tag team match with Morrison against uh Bad Bunny and 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 freaking Priest. Which they would a little adjustment, they could do something. So if he's in that match, and I heard Lashley is in some sort of a big match for Mania. Yeah, I heard Lashley's supposed to Yeah, now I think about it. Yeah, I mean, here, Lashley's supposed to be either be in the championship match or he's going in as champion. He's probably going in as champion, man, thanks to Bad So basically, Bunny. what you're telling me is they just wasted another money in the bank briefcase. Okay, no, because cool. Miz got it. <laughs> Miz is champion right now. It's not a waste if he won the title. He's a two time WWE champion. Touche. I'm, I'm thinking long term with that thing again. Well, nothing's happened yet. I'm just saying that the way things are positioned, and now that this Bow Wow thing has happened that I was joking about, oh my God. <laughs> King Quest you know is the I last fight Bow Wow was in was Ve- What? Wait, was in Bow Vegas? Wow. Is it, was, was in Vegas? Wait, he that said, what, what if Bow Wow is, uh, is on Miz's side for this? With his uh. girl, and his face was messed up. So he got his ass kicked by his girl? When did this shit happen, King Quest? What the fuck? Oh my god! You know what I just thought about? That kind of makes me laugh. What? This WrestleMania is not going to be a redo of last WrestleMania. It's going to be a redo of WrestleMania 27. Because think about this shit. Assuming things go, assuming things don't change where they are right now, Miz is a champion on the road to WrestleMania. 
Edge has a world title shot and John Morrison's about to be in a tag team match with a celebrity. It's kind of weird. I'm not thrilled with where things are. <laughs> you know? To say the least. Like, I'm surprised. I kind of feel like in order for me, like, my predictions have been off this season. I kind of feel like, what do I have to do? Go to sleep with VH1 in the background to understand what the fuck's going on in wrestling angles? Like, what is this? Bad Bunny versus Bow Wow? Who else are they going to bring in? Fucking exhibit. It's going to be Pimp, my manager or some shit. Remember they used to bring in that skinny white rapper that looked like one of us could punch in half? Oh, yeah, when they brought MGK, like, twice. Yeah. Is that what his name was? Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, that dude. Yeah, that's what his name was. You're right. It's like these small guys, man. They get smaller and smaller. And I mean, I don't want to be a stereotype because, I mean, wrestling's changed too. Back in the day, wrestling was all big, brawl, like mean, intimidating looking guys. But so were rappers. And now they're all smaller. Men are shrinking, right? At the, <laughs> I don't want to have a bad, I want to have a bad oh. time. Like Jeff, Def Jam, fight for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> don't you put that evil. Do it. They already got the engine. Right. right just, put, just, just run it on that engine. The rematch shitty battleground. Was there a create a wrestler thing on there? I think there was. If I wonder how, how detailed we can get. All I know is the only part about that game that I gave a shit about was that Snoop Dogg was in it. Oh, yeah. That's something you're going to give a shit about. Uh, which, uh, by the way, while we're talking about Damian Priest, we're going to segue into Snoop Dogg. But, but uh, Damian Priest, apparently, according to Fightful, they're saying that Damian Priest is getting very high marks backstage. He's extremely well-liked and he's turned heads. So, Not surprising. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, and I find it kind of funny, but when I heard this, all I was thinking was nowadays, I guess it's better for a wrestler to get high marks backstage than back in the day when wrestlers would go backstage and get marks high, you know? Wow. <laughs> one or the other, right? You have to pick, <laughs> have to pick one. I'm glad that that one, happened. One of them gets you a title shot, the other one gets you a wellness policy violation. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. And <laughs> that that's how wonderful. I, and that's how I position this for my, uh, segue because speaking of high and getting high i think i know the story you're about to talk about <laughs> randy orton yeah this was really funny uh i guess they started talking online about how randy orton uh smoked weed with snoop dogg before wrestlemania 25 and he called it pre-gaming and uh this came to his attention on twitter so he responded correcting this Okay, because he doesn't like any rumor to be, you know how he is about rumors. So he said, it's come to my attention that I smoked some ganja, in parentheses, for the first time with Snoop Dogg at WrestleMania 24, not 25. P.S. The first time you marks, but the first time with Snoop motherfucking double D. (laughs) So he wanted to clarify, (laughs) basically, that it's not the first time that he smoked. And it wasn't WrestleMania 25, it was 24. And it was just the first time with Snoop. So now you know. Good for him. Yeah, you, 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 you don't let Snoop be your first time because that will ruin your day. Yeah, you'll be too high. You know how high his tolerance is? Like his tolerance so shit is has, to get pa- has to get passed around six times before he even warms up. Yeah, he's high as freaking uh, Damien Priest marks. You know? Damn. But on the flip side of things, one of your boys is not getting such high praise because we're hearing that they're having issues with Keith Lee. Big surprise there, right? That's all we've been hearing. Uh, uh, yeah, so... Apparently, Ringside got an exclusive, take it with a grain of salt, but they said that uh, one of the writers said that uh, the Keith Lee promos didn't catch fire, and uh, no one's really excelling in that area right now, aside from Roman, Heyman, Orton, Edge, the Street Profits, and Lacey. That's who's considered the promo people right now on the thing. And uh, Keith Lee was one of the people that was handpicked to go down there, but uh, 
you know, that we're not really sure right now. Like they're not really feeling it. And I'll say this. It has not been the best. If I could fix that. We had a everything glitched there for a minute when that thank you, uh Enos for the follow. Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah. Definitely appreciate you. But yeah, they're not they're not really none of his stuff has been good since he's been there. You know? But it's I don't know how much of an opportunity he's really been given to do really good stuff. I mean, some of the stuff he was given to work with was bad, like hanging out with Seamus and McIntyre for no reason. I've said it before, the Keith Lee we knew is long gone. That Keith Lee's still hiding somewhere in NXT. I don't know what this shit with his shirt and fucking different music came up like uh, but then again this is what happens when you come up the main roster they touch and mess with stuff that there was really not much wrong with i never minded keith lee promos in nxt because it was just keith lee promos not that room of wonderful writers on raw writing his shit and it's like i'm not surprised when you see the people where they say like oh roman people like roman and Heyman are the promo people yeah because there's nobody there to fuck with roman and Heyman's promos yeah, like it's pretty. It's pretty easy to talk when it's your shit. And there's no crowd reaction there, so the only people who could gauge it are a few people backstage who, who aren't doing anything. You know? Yeah. And then, like, yeah. So, like, the people who say he's not doing that good, realistically, right now, they're not even the most credible sources. No, they're really not. Let the people who actually know what a good promo is, aka the crowd, determine that. That's what I would totally do, man. Because I'm sorry. Nobody in that back, in that uh, in that whole back locker room with those producers and writers and anything, none of them could tell me what a good promo is because they don't even make good promos. Yeah, I definitely can't argue with you there. It's weird, man. I don't know what, what they're going to do without the crowd. The crowd needs to come back for the sake of guys like this because you need more Daniel Bryan miracles where like the fans simply insist on either ruining three hours of television or being given stuff they like. And unfortunately, now, even when it comes back, They've mastered that piping in the crowd thing where it's never going to be fixed for television because I always used to say, and we always used to say on here that during SmackDown, they would do that. Remember? And we used to say, how, do, how are they doing it in real time? Because we knew, because when SmackDown was taped, we knew they would do it. But then they started doing it in real time. Whenever Roman would come out, remember they would fix it? And it was like, oh shit, they're oh, doing yeah. it in real time now. So that's, now that they've had boom. like, now they've done it in real, real time. They might just keep the audio for, for on the Thunderdome. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to keep the screens, but when the fans come back, they could just have the speakers there. That sucks now. They have full control over the product in a way that... How do how do we know that Keith Lee wouldn't have gotten over if there were fans there? We all know he would have. That's the funny thing. You know, so it's, it's kind of unfair. There's literally a couple of people who are in charge of making that thing go, this is awesome, and booing and cheering. That's bullshit to me. I kind of feel like that thing needs to be relegated to the, the intent and purpose, which was just to have an ambient sound there, almost like a white noise for the wrestlers to work through. It shouldn't be able to go up and down. But of who course, if that? it can't go up and down, they can't have their way. And that's all this Thunderdome is really about, is them having their way. You know what? How come there's no more sophistication around there? There's shit we could have done around here that they could do around there. They could create a bot, right? That the people that log into the Thunderdome have options. A button board underneath, just like the mix play used to have on our old chat room. And there's cheer, pop, boo, this is awesome, all that shit. And the majority rules. Whoever presses their button to vote on whatever the thing is, is what, is what the thing is that's piped in. That's how this shit should work. They always talk about the WWE Universe and including everybody and voting and being part of it and the voice of the fans. Why isn't there some sort of a button board when you go into this interface that gets your face on the screen that lets you not necessarily cheer or boo, but you you get to vote in and determine what the audio is? Because that involves actually giving the fans power. 
I hate that. It's lazy to me. I hate when, when there's shit that could be done that we know is technologically possible that just people don't bother to do, you know? But I kind of feel so like he's again, a victim of circumstances here where it's kind of like, it, you know, like if I'm going to look back at this in the future, let's say, God forbid, this is really it, right? And that's as far as he's going to go in his company. You know how shit this looks? It looks like this guy had a good thing going in NXT. They brought him up and immediately stripped him down, nerfed him, gave him a stupid suit, changed his music, put him in a bad, bad freaking angle. And then went, well, it's not working out. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, what? Like, this is how, like, it's been, what has it been? Has it been a month? A little over that. It's been maybe but two months. It feels months. like it's been a half a year with this bullshit. But it's just crazy to me that it's kind of like there wasn't one positive decision made with this guy. And then at the Notice. end, everybody's like, you know what? He, he's not working out. You're not Notice. fucking it's working out. Not- I watched this. Notice it's gotten so bad that all of us here who like Keith Lee at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view before we knew he wasn't, he was taken out of the match. Nobody voted for him. No one voted. He's probably the most over person in that match. And everyone just knows by their booking because it's predictions, not wishes. They all nobody voted for him. Because nobody, this is why I've said before, if you're in NXT, stay there. I've been watching Keith Lee back. I've been watching Keith Lee back since when he was new in Ring of Honor and he was tag teaming with Shane Taylor all the way up to this climb that he made, which is amazing. Same thing with people like Cedric, who were underdogs in RH. They basically grow, they rise to like, I guess, the mid card now. That's what you do nowadays. And you don't even rise. You just have to fall in there and then they forget about you. It's just crazy that he's a good example if somebody was to look at what they're doing of just them fucking up and then going, well, you know, it didn't work out. He just wasn't getting the promos that he wanted. But how do they know that? What do they mean? His promos weren't weren't hitting with who? With who specifically when they say that? What, fucking Pritchard? I'm telling you, at this point, I just feel like they just gauge everything based on if Pritchard likes it or not. I kind of feel like WWE, in a way, thanks to this pandemic, has exposed themselves. because Oh, hands down. Because they still talk about things probably the way they've always talked about things you know what i mean where it's kind of like right now we're conscious of the fact that there are no people to determine whether or not keith lee promos are striking or sticking even when there are people they probably have reported that they just seem to just say whatever you know what i mean like there's not an actual gauge here to determine they just decide whether or not the fans are behind you audibly or not is what i'm starting to get the impression of it's like a false sense. I hate to say it, but it's like the late t- Telltale games. You know the way when you and I used to play the early Telltale games on Sunday night as a stream, there were points, or even the better better example would be the Life is Strange. There would be choices that felt like they mattered, you know, but then later on, you would actually, like, you would actually have to pause and think about what we, we want to do. But later on, it just kind of felt like all, all decisions felt, went to the same path. Like, there was just lazy storytelling. Like, no matter what you choose, it's going to more yeah. or less align the story. That's sort of what it feels like WWE does, where it's kind of like, no matter what Keith Lee would have done, whether his promos were good or bad or over or not, they had already predetermined that at this point, they were going to tell us that it's not striking. I just get that impression from them now. Is that weird to have that thesis that it just feels like that's just what no. they decided, you know? You know what that is? That's your common sense finally kicking in to realize how <laughs> shit this place is. Because it's like, if you're going to tell me someone's not striking, I'd at least like to know why. I'm seeing the stuff that's not striking, but it has nothing to do with the guy. It's just weird things that you did. Like, you put him in an angle with an Irish and a Scottish guy, where he was the one gauging whether or not the guy was going to turn heel. And then when the guy finally did turn heel, he wasn't even in the fucking angle any longer to be like, told you so, he was gone. You, you see could, what I mean? <laughs> you, could you imagine telling people who had never watched him in NXT... Hey, you know this guy was NXT's only dual champion? And then they didn't even give him a run. It's the same thing that happened to Kyle O'Reilly when he became Ring of Honor World Champion finally after I waited years for that shit. And then immediately he got recruited to NXT, so we never got the Kyle O'Reilly run that I knew he had in him. But you know what the sad part is? They had a fucking better reason than Raw did. 
But you know what? And that's another thing that they're doing over there. Company. He was going to a whole new company. His contract was up, and they could have kept him. They 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 had no reason to bring him up to it. They brought him up to Raw. The same reason they bring every call up or the pop, and they don't think any farther than that fucking pop. And you ever notice that the guys that are in that are in NXT from Ring of Honor, they'll do their whole old Ring of Honor storyline, and then when it's done, they just don't know what to do with them afterwards. A good example would be like the the thing with Kyler Riley and Adam Cole. That's actually all happened before between them. Like that entire yeah. thing happened the same way, even the betrayal and shit. And now the fight that they're gonna get into is pretty much all recycled, right? This is literally right. how, how people freaking... who watch this in ROH, we know the carnage that is over the horizon. But that's how Kyle Riley became the world champion there. So it's weird because they t- right after he won the title is when they took him and brought him here. And they kind of started that angle over again of them all just being friends again, even though it ended with, with like that. And they're doing the same shit. The same people are involved even, you know? And it's weird because obviously that works. But it feels like instead of taking old ROH feuds and angles and evolving them and taking them further, they just do them again. Look at Owens and uh, Zane. Isn't that what happened between Kevin Steen and El Generico? The same thing with the frenemy thing. Like they had that big bad feud and shit and then they were buddies again in the tag team. That shit has literally, they, then they did the same version of it. Right? And you're right. You're right, Shane. Same thing with Adam Cole. All of them, all of the things they do, it feels like literal do-overs. Like they saw it and they just decided that they're going to do it again here. The hugging. Remember the hugging? That original hugging was Daniel Bryan and El, and El Generico. We talked about that here and then they gave it to, to Daniel Bryan and Kane. But the whole way that it even played out, like they just seem to take a lot of stuff. And when it works and then they run out of ideas, like, all right, gone. They can't come up with their own shit. Whenever they do, it sucks. They need to clean those writers out, man. I'm telling you, they don't need writers for this. I don't need to clean writers. I need to take them behind the bar and shoot them. Make an example out of these fuckers. It's not Keith Lee's fault, though. This is what happens. It's not Keith Lee's fault. Do they forget? And it's like they need to listen to their legends. What's the point of having legends and giving them podcasts and voices and shit if every time a legend says something? Nobody pays attention. Didn't Stone Cold and a lot of other legends talk about this guy and how great he was when they saw him in the Rumble like a couple of years ago and how they need to really push him and he's a top guy and all that shit? Like, even their word doesn't matter anymore. Like, who do we listen to then? They only listen to the, they only give a shit about the legends when the music hits and the crowd pops. I hate to say it, but I venture to say that at this point, anybody that's involved with creative wasn't even born when we were watching this. You know, they just don't have insightful people, man. It's weird. Yeah, at least you're yeah. right, George. At least they do that. And you know what? NXT has the the best wrestling on the planet right now. It's crazy how AEW, just because the burnout, the WWE burnout, AEW is kicking their asses. But NXT is like, to me, the best wrestling as far as just the quality of the matches is ridiculous. Yeah, because you know what it is, Rick? It's because when people watch NXT, we're like, man, this is the last time I'm ever going to see these guys be this great. Because after this is over, they're getting sent to shitty Raw and fucking SmackDown to get Keith Lee all over the fucking place. There's a standard that you have to keep in NXT that I do appreciate. And I don't want to shit on AEW because this isn't about them. But I, I mean, in contrast this week when I watched AEW, NXT had this tight product with this really really polished performance and in aew you had even people like uh jack evans they were fucking tripping all over the place and i'm like what am i watching you know, you know all stumbling and bumbling is? people jack tripping off the ropes and company, jack evans is probably gonna want on raw that's the that's the problem with nxt and i realized it that's the problem that nxt has now everybody knows what comes after and what comes after fuck it sucks if you don't believe me ask keith lee and that's the problem. That's that's where NXT will forever be hurt. I don't want to get every too, time somebody leaves NXT, it's on the shit. I don't want to get too RPG with this for anyone who's not a gamer. But this reminds me of this old RPG Valkyrie profile. If anyone's ever seen, I know, maybe I know the one you're talking about. I remember maybe that one. one day I'll stream it on PSP. It was called Valkyrie Profile Lenneth. But I, it was a great game. But I remember one of the things about it was you were you were 
getting party members and you were leveling them up so that they could be sent up to Valhalla for a bigger battle that they were going to be part of. And like at the end of every chapter, Freya from Valhalla would give you a message and explain to you descriptively what they need. Like we need an Harrier who's good with magic or we need an Harrier who's good with a sword. We need someone who's good with a bow. And uh, I remember the as good as this game was, one of the things that bothered me was you would level these guys and they would become so cool and you'd become so badass. And then you would dread the end of the chapter talking to Freya. Because, for example, you'd have an archer. I love this archer, man. He is the shit. At the end of the chapter, we need a nine harrier with blonde hair, blue eyes, red armor that is an archer. Fuck. Fuck. I got to send them up now. He's really good. Just when he's at his best, I leveled this guy. I put my shit, my best shit. I got to send them up now. And he's going to, and he's not going to, I'm never going to see him again. That's the end of, that's the end of my relationship with this character. And the game sort of made you not want to get people over because the fucking, you'd have to send them to Asgard. So uh, Rose it was weird because Asgard. Rose become Asgard, <laughs> you know, because literally you would I'd be like, shit, I don't want to level these guys. What if they ask for you? If they send you up, I can't. I'm not going to have control of you anymore. That means no more armor, no more leveling with us, no more getting experience, no more becoming awesome. Once I send you to Freya, that's it. It's just Monday nights for you. So I kind of get how it works, you know. <laughs> It's like you don't want to send them. After a while, you just feel so bad, and then then you look back at your party and you're like, all right, I either can keep my party great. And Freya and everyone in Asgard and, 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 and freaking Odin are going to be pissed off. Or I'll send them in. It's kind of like, ah, who do we got left? All right, I guess it's time to make you guys great. And you start with another group. Then you go through another 20 hours of leveling. You know, you have a great freaking caster. We need an Harry who's good with fire casting. Fuck! Son of a bitch. <laughs> you took him too? <laughs> and and I, 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 I started to realize it more and more, especially as... It actually hit me at Survivor Series. What the fans have realized now, NXT's the third brand only when it benefits WWE. If you don't believe me, where was NXT at Survivor Series this year? I'll wait. Right, they didn't need it anymore. Exactly. They didn't because need it's not it anymore. fucking convenient for them. But you know what, man? NXT's going to become the third brand again. Because, uh... And it's not for a good reason. This isn't me being positive or optimistic about NXT becoming the third brand. That's nonsense. The main reason is because Sportsnet, starting February 24th in Canada, Sportsnet 360 is going to start airing NXT, which is very important because they want to have that Canadian audience because the same day TSN in Canada is going to start at the same time airing Dynamite, which means that in Canada, they're going to have their own Wednesday night war going on. Sportsnet 360 going up against TSN, both shows at the same time. Once you get that launch, you know that they're going to try to bring over their guys again. So get ready, because that's tomorrow. If they have any common sense, which they, I don't think they do. And even though people will see about. it, people who are wrestling fans are going to see it as a cheap cheating move. If they have any common sense, they're going to put our uh, edge in there again. I guess that seems to be their yeah. go to. Right. Yeah, Whenever well, shit goes. Part about this? We know they're not. I think they will. Because number one, we're on the road to WrestleMania, the pay-per-view descended. They are very aware of their Canada fan base. They all, it's all at the same location, right? Or is they're nearby each other at least? No. Yeah, it's a different location. Yeah. So the, but you know the, the I think is? they're going to put people in there that are going to draw tomorrow, man. If they, I mean, for the, for, just for the sake of that, you know? Yeah. I'd like to believe it or they are, but at this point with this company, they just don't do, they do nothing but disappoint. Cause it's like, what reason do they have to send Edge back? He ain't challenging Bauer. You ain't fighting nobody down there. They, they've already, they've already got it set in stone what they're gonna do. They don't care. I mean, it doesn't I'm, necessarily I'm, I'm, I'm be just edge. For a fucking disappointment. 
It doesn't necessarily have to be edge, though. That's what I mean. It doesn't necessarily have to be edge. You know? But at this point, I feel like it's just like I felt with the thing with why edge didn't work. The fans see through it. Like, we don't want them there for a cheap pop. We want them there for something to actually happen. But all WWE sees is, ooh, cheap pop. And that's the problem with this, is that us wrestling fans with a level of respect and decency, yeah, we send the main roster guys down there to get that market. These fucking plebs and marks over there in that back writing room are just sitting there like, ooh, when Edge music happens, they're going to pop. And that's as far as they think. Why? Because that's as far as they've ever thought this whole time. And that's why even Edge showing up on NXT couldn't even get him to beat AEW. I think I have Teddy Hart in my program. I don't know if we were going to run him today. Depends on how late, because I want to go home. I want to leave eventually. I am home, but I want to leave twice. (laughs) You stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's enough time in the program, because there's a lot of stuff. That's the thing. I know I'm on here late a lot of the time, but it's not because we can't get on here early. It's literally because I'm gathering news and I'm organizing the program till the last minute. There's just a lot of stuff I like to get in on here for you guys. If I didn't care. You know, like, if I didn't care, we just throw ourselves on here and just talk into the microphone. But, you know, there's too many shows that are doing that kind of shit nowadays. You know, and it's like, we've yeah, always, absolutely. since episode one, we've made a program, and that's just the way that it is. We gotta be NXT here. We can't be raw. Too yeah, many raws. exactly. You know who you fuckers are, no. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I don't have exactly the, an, an order in here, believe it or not, with everything else that we're doing. Uh, what do we discuss next? I know. Don't worry. The rant's coming. The Rick's rant is going to be after oh, yeah, the next thing that this, I yeah. pick. No, everybody was like, rant, rant, rant. As rant, a matter no. of fact, you know what? Let's talk a little about Kenta because Kenta apparently um, had to talk about Moxley. Right after we're done talking about Moxley and what he's been doing, we're going to go into what I want to talk to you guys about. But uh, yeah, apparently Kenta spoke to New Japan Pro Wrestling strong and he talked a little bit about John Moxley and uh, the entire uh united what is what's the name of the title again the united um the iwgp u.s heavyweight championship yeah u.s heavyweight championship gotcha anyway let's bring this up here for you guys gonna jump ahead will finally happen kenta will face john moxley for the u.s heavyweight championship right here on new japan strong and my guest at this time is kenta i want to thank you very much for joining us kenta you have been calling out john moxley since you won the New Japan Cup tournament and you have been calling him out consistently saying you want your title shot at the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. And recently here on New Japan Strong, we saw John Moxley. The lights went out, the lights came back on, and John Moxley was in the ring. What did you think when you saw John Moxley? You know, I have been waiting for this mo- This I have been waiting this moment for a long time, then finally he, he's, he's came out, but, uh, you know, he's not man. He's, he's like cheap, you know. I'm going to be the, you know, first ever Japanese uh, IWGP United States champion. Well, obviously, John Moxley had heard what you had said all the months that you had been calling him out. Now, you have been very, very successful in defending your briefcase what do you expect from John Moxley when you wrestle him for the U.S. title in two weeks? No, I'm just, uh, I'm going to beat him up, kick his ass. You know, that's it. I've been defend, defending that, that briefcase <laughs> kick for his ass. over six months. I know you thought the same thing. To be, to be IWGP champion. Stacey said in the background, she went make so, him humble. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to kick his ass. 
<laughs> so when the title match happens, and if, Kenta, you are victorious, what will the U.S. Heavyweight Championship mean to you? How important will that be? You know, I'm the best person who... Uh, What's up, Joe? ...represent uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling to, to the world. You know, uh, I'm, I deserve to be the first ever Japanese IWGP United States champion. So, uh, you know, uh, I can't wait. Kenta, I'd give you the opportunity right now to talk directly to John Moxley. What would you like to say to the champion you'll face in two weeks? Moxley. もう大分待たせてくれたなお前。お前がここ出てくるまで俺何ヶ月あのボロボロのブリーフケースもう壊れながらもブリーフケースこんだけ守ってきていよいよだよ。いよいよ来たぞこの時が。お前が無駄にし
maybe some elements apply to some that don't apply to others. Maybe they don't apply at all. It's really up to the person's own accountability to determine that. But it's overall about mental health and anxiety. Now, listen, people have mental health issues and anxiety, especially with the current state of the world. So my disclaimer before I get into this is that I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that there are cases of mental health and anxiety, but you need to become aware that there is there's an increase in people in this case, specifically streamers, podcasters, general content creators that will constantly use mental health on social media as an excuse to be shitty and lazy pre pandemic. I've seen people constantly pull the quote unquote, I'm quitting and going away forever, followed by the, do you guys think that I should come back? And they, so I'm, I know a lot of people saying, oh, pandemic, this pandemic. I'm talking pre-pandemic, these people are doing it. Those people specifically are full of shit. You need to ask yourself a few questions as content consumers. The people that do this, how often are they doing it? If you look back at your knowledge of them, is there a history of them seesawing back and forth? The second thing that you have to factor in is because I've noticed there's a lot of support whenever someone goes, oh, I got to take a mental health. Everyone's like, oh, go ahead, do your thing. You know, if you're so concerned and empathetic about mental health, how good do you think it is for you to be around the person like that for your own mental health? Because whether it be intentional or not, this person is using their mental health issues and anxiety as a way to get attention. They're toxic by default, and it's going to fuck you up. If you believe them about the mental health issues that you hear, whatever content creators or people you follow, even regular tweeters, then take their advice, but use it on yourself. The overall story is don't be sucked in by these people in your normal life. In this case, specifically content creators that want to draw attention, views, hits, and sympathy from you by constantly reminding you that they have mental health issues. And remember that most people with mental health issues aren't able to fully comprehend their mental health issues that's why it's a mental health issue if you have a person coming to you with a health issue explaining the issue the triggers the causes the factors they're able to tell you in detail they say that knowing is half the battle guys how come they aren't winning the fucking war in physical health if you're allergic to mushrooms you won't eat the fucking mushrooms if you're dealing with a person that understands that streaming and 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 social media creates stressful situations for them and going on social media does that and it affects their health then why are they there it's like they're allergic to mushrooms chomping them down in front of you with their face swelling this is the way that you really need to start looking at this. They they want to be the victim, but then they also want to play the psychiatrist and break it all down for you. Because when their fucking mental health issues affect you and you're not empathetic or sympathetic toward it, the first thing that they do, do we everyone talks about mansplaining. What about all the mental explaining that they try to do? The people that are going through the mental health and anxiety issues try to stop go on social media to fucking educate you on their issues. Educate yourself. If you're going through that shit, you shouldn't be on here. Why are you taking my time to tell me about that? People who support content creators and others like this, I want you to weigh in your head. How often do these people talk about themselves and their own bullshit versus actually bringing attention to their communities, their communities issues? Most of their tweets are about them, what they're doing, how they're feeling, how often they come up from their own pool of self-pity to ask you how the fuck you've been, what your issues are. When's the last time that these content creators or people have DM'd you asking you what you need? They don't. They're virtual signaling you. They're pity pandering, self-absorbed, self-entitled, toxic fucks disguising themselves among the rest of us that just want to create content with our communities to have an open relationship. All they have is they want to have this. They they, they pretend with these all these inclusive bullshit. DMs are always open. If you need me, I'm a person you could talk to. It's all bullshit. 
They're giving you this false sense of security and friendship partially to satisfy their own dopamine fix with the attention that you give them back. And that's fucking you up more. People aren't looking at the flip side of the mental stuff that's going on here. That doesn't mean that people aren't allowed to take a break or need a mental health day. But check your rear view. You'll see that you have some people that constantly do that shit. Constantly. And if their mental health issues are so severe that they ping pong back and forth between whether they should be here or not, it's not good for them. It's not good for their community. It's not good for the platform. It's not good until they find stability. They have no fucking business being here. Now, people that get offended by this, sure, you could do that. But you're also confessing that, confessing that you fit into this category, that you exhibit this behavior. You, ha- you, you, you haven't needed a break. You take breaks constantly. Remind your, your community of all the mental shit that you have going on. That doesn't make any sense to me. That really has been upsetting. I see it all the time. And then the communities will always go back to these people. Oh, you know, it'll be okay. As a content creator, that's not the way that it should be. You know, and this is the reason why a lot of changes were done here and in other communities, because before, you know, and I don't want to get into our, our, our history that much, but there were years ago, we had a bunch of freeloaders on here, a bunch of content whores. But now, rather than looking for people that are desperate to just be on other people's shit, we're looking for people who want to contribute substantial content. And we're being more picky about it because everyone, when the moment that things don't work out their way, they plead mental health. Their views drop, they plead mental health. They're not in the mood to go on, they plead mental health. They're feeling sleepy, they plead mental health. It's, it's a game. I'm not saying this is everyone, but I'm saying that there's a category here that you guys have to be conscious to, that they're using you for attention and to the people that are allegedly suffering from the mental health problems that are actually contributing to causing their own peers to suffer from the same and similar problems listen i'm not saying that there aren't cases of some people not all but some of you that are suffering from mental health issues i'm just saying that rather than constantly generalizing mental health problems with paragraphs memes and tweets why don't you spend some of that time reminding yourself of your own issues specifically cater to you and your condition um instead of trying to make mental health this this generalized all-inclusive exclusive fucking club and for the content creators this isn't me being unsensitive but i need you to understand something as someone who's been doing this to 2014 regardless of fucking pay regardless of views not missing a fucking week maybe once and i made it up since 2014 this episode 440 and i don't count the other streams or side shit that i do i live and breathe this and i don't do it for views or anything like that you're supposed to be content creators Mental health or otherwise, we all suffer through shit. You don't think I suffer through shit on here through all of this? As a content creator, paid, donated, or otherwise, you made a choice. You have the responsibility to provide content to the people that are looking for it. That is specifically what they expect from your brand. Fortunately for me, rants like this are what my community have come to expect from my brand, so I'm in my comfort zone. That being said, people don't come onto various streaming platforms to constantly hear your shit. No different than the actors that still act, the wrestlers that still wrestle, the writers that still write, and the doctors that still treat people. Nowhere in those professions are there those people that choose in the middle of doing something. Oh, fuck it, mental health. Oh, you know, you need, you need, you need a bypass, some sort of an artery bypass. Well, mental health at the moment, sorry, tomorrow. If you can't objectively provide content and actually interact consistently with your community, not just use them for numbers or just let them be text or subs in your community. You're just looking at the numbers, not actually dealing with these people, not actually engaging with them or reaching out to them individually to invite them to things if you constantly use people and and then you basically come to you come to them for an escape as a crutch to pad your own issues and to get your own attention then you need to get the fuck out of here simps plebs wake up and actually see the false idols that you're worshiping for what the fuck they are because it's making me sick i'm seeing it all the time this isn't what this used to be about when this was a lot smaller when a lot less people had access this was about building your community the way you wanted it to be this mental health thing and you know what i'm not trying to diminish what content creators do but there are content creators that just play video games Good for you. 
you fucking select a video game, you plug it into the goddamn controller, and you talk to people about fun shit while your face is on the fucking screen. There shouldn't be a mental health issue for doing that shit constantly. A lot of you aren't even providing actual content that has to be gone over or done or put together in any sort of way. You literally do what you've been doing since a child. You go to your fucking shelf, or in this case, your virtual shelf, you pick out a game, and you get to fucking play it. What's so terrible about that? A mental health day. Playing video games is the mental health day when I was growing up, motherfucker. You don't take a break from that. That was what you did as the release. How weak have we become as a society? The fuck, you need to take a fucking mental health day from, from video games? Come on, man. Have a little bit of backbone already. Makes me fucking sick to my stomach. You know what? The, the, I, I respect people. I respect people during this entire thing that have been strong. You know, that have dealt with things properly. It just makes me sick when I see people constantly mental health. You need to take a break from games. Again, people are entitled to this every now and then. But to do that shit constantly? You know what I mean? Dustin and I are out here banging on substantial content. You know how long it takes to make a cohesive show like the one that we do? Coherent uh, show like the one that we do that has all of these elements in it. And I'm not even trying to pat my own back, but we're doing everything. We do the video. We do the website. We do the, the, the audio, the graphics, the making sure that all the chat rooms and everything sing. We don't have a bunch of drones doing that for us or people kissing our asses while we're doing this. Bigger content creators than us that I've never really called out have literally mimicked almost every fucking thing that we have done that we've been doing since 2014 dated back and not because of the same reason why we did it where we're looking for ways to reach out to the community but just simply because they need that they need the hits they need the dopamine fix and a lot of them want the fucking money and that to me has just been making me driving me nuts and then whenever things don't work out that way pleading mental health come on if you're aware of your 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 symptoms why inflict that on the rest of the world the way that they're doing then again this is just my opinion but it just, like I said, this is this was stuff that's been going on. And it's not one person that does. It's like, I feel like every time I go on social media, I see a different person crying and trying to not only justify, but explain to everybody how we should fucking be enlightened about mental health. You should fucking be enlightened about mental health. This isn't good for you. Get off of here until you have your mental health. If playing video games is going to make or break you and you need to take a day from that, you don't, you do not belong on here. Get out of here. Get lost. And again, that's just tough love here. I don't mean it negatively toward everybody, but that that mental health shit that I keep hearing is driving me crazy. And I honestly, I blame the people who support as well, too, because you're quick, especially when it's a girl. The guys, oh, you need help. Don't forget that we're here. We're all here for you if you need anything. Like, like, fuck you with this woman. Will you stop these people on social media all the time? You're kissing their asses for what? For what? Why do you give a fuck about that? Again, and this isn't generalizing. You could have a friend that has a hard time, which I still don't agree with them putting on social media. How many times have I ever come on here and complained to you guys about my shit? Never. 440 episodes, six plus years, I create, I, I just do the content. Whether I feel sick or bad, the only time I've ever disclosed if I came out here with a sore enough throat, which I get sick every five or six years, and I said, hey, look, I have a sore throat, but I'm still here. But then again, they encourage it from people all the time. I see it on social media, even with people I don't know, where someone just, oh, you know, they, oh, I had such a terrible, I don't know what, I need to, I don't know if this is for me anymore. And you're kissing their asses, the brown nosing people all around social media. You kiss so much ass, so much ass kissing. Go out there and start supporting the content creators that are making positive content all the time. They just have fun in their channels. That are just doing the things that you're interested in, that engage you, that make your heart pump or make you laugh or that you anticipate the next show. Don't, don't anticipate the ones that are constantly dragging them. You know, get rid of those guys. Because you know what? I've noticed that the people that are quick to throw torches and be part of cancel culture and talk shit on Twitter are the same motherfuckers that need to dip out, go back undercover for mental health days. You should not be allowed to fucking 
you should not be allowed to throw stones and then go hide. If if you I, I don't want to if I can scroll anywhere through your social media and you've had to take a mental health day, but then I scroll for, further back in the history, which I'm not going to bother to do. I'm just saying in this D system, me who actually gives a shit about your existence. And I see something in there where you're throwing someone else under the bus for something that they're going through because you were on the opposite side of the spectrum. That just goes to show me that you don't need a mental health day. That's just your own conscious catching up with you for all the shit that you've either said, done, or posted, and you don't know how to fuck to handle it, which is why you should only say things that you truly believe in with all your heart and soul when you're on here, whether it be through tweets or texts or whatever. Believe that shit with your fault because then no one can take it away or beat you over the head with it. The problem is people say shit they regret on here. And then they don't know what to do about it because you can't take it back. You can never take it back. Everything I'm saying here, I can never take it back. But I knew that well and good when I came on here. A lot of people, they jump into this with emotions without thinking objectively. I've had all day to think about this. So that's the thing that really pisses me off. And, I, and it's bothering me because I'm seeing it in content creators, something that I'm a part of. There was times where I've had to tell people, I've had to say, look, I know you're having a hard time. And this is the reason why I've been called in the past Rick McMahon or people have had heat with me. Look, I know you're having a hard time. We can't convey that on the show. I've told people straight up. I'm telling you guys straight up stories that I've had. I'm not going to name people. I've told people several. This isn't one instance. I've had to tell people, look, we can't have that on the show. I know you're going through some shit, but we can't have that on the show because right now our position as content creators is to be on here providing content. And you never want to have, you never want to have your community flip, even if it will make you feel good. You never want to have your community flip. In my opinion, people can run the community however they want. It's their money, but you never want to have your community flip where you come in and say, look, I'm going through a hard time. And you have everyone, instead of their attention being on the entertainment, being on you. Oh, well, poor Rick or poor Destin, his, his, his wife or whatever left them. Of course, your community is going to want to give you a shoulder. That's just human instinct if they're good people and you chose a good community. But you always have to keep in mind that a lot of people come to your platform for an escape in the first place. You're no longer providing that, defeating the entire purpose of this when you use them like that. I don't like that. I also don't like when people don't engage the people in their community. And I know this as someone who's dealt with communities myself. There's times that Stasis and I have walked away from other communities because we just felt that the engagement wasn't there. We felt where there wasn't enough personalization, which if they want to run their community that way, that's their business. But at the same time, we don't we don't feel as inclined to engage. You know, if you want to do a night where you're going to play Call of Duty or you're going to do some sort of a game, you know what? You can hit me up if I'm in your if I'm if I'm on your server, if I'm in your discord, if I'm in your DMs, if if you have any contact with me and you're part of a community. I don't want to see a general notice that I have to go hunting for. You can hit me up if I'm good enough and say, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Which people do. And those are the people that I deal with. And those are the people that I invest time into. And I guess that's the, uh, the message here amongst everything else. Invest only in people that invest in you. If they're not directly reaching out to try to engage you and it's constantly one-sided, whether it's the internet or not, start looking at that. If you're always the first to text, the first to call, the first to message, the first to retweet, the first to do it, fuck those people. Because you know what? That's been my resolution in 2021 and I've been all the better for it. You got to invest energy where it's positively invested. And I'm just seeing too much support. And it's not even a thing of jealousy. It's just a thing of stupidity because I would never want it because I've never asked for pity. But I just see too much support for content creators that are constantly crying and whining when you should, if you really care for them, tell them to go home. Tell them to take their bag and go home. You would do it if it was a wrestler. If a wrestler wasn't mentally inclined to deal with things, it would be time for them to go take some time. The moment that they go, do you guys think we should come back? Everybody's all popping from, oh, come back, come back. We don't care that you left three three months ago when I had a sick grandmother with cancer and I was using your stream as an escape and then you came to me talking about cancer and fucked me up more. Just a metaphor, not saying that that's the scenario. 
But I just think that if anybody actually cares about their community, they won't constantly beat them over the head with mental health issues. Sure, you can make them aware. Sure, you can make them conscious. If you're a serial pollster about mental health issues and about things like that, you're an asshole. You know, you don't need to constantly do that. And yeah, that's the thing, whether it be friends or family, you know, you have to you have to deal with the people that reach out to you. That's what communities used to be. It used to be that you would get your guys and you would talk to them directly in the chat rooms and you would bring them directly into your streams. You would play games directly with them. You wouldn't have fucking raffles like, you know, like, why? Why is it royalty? Like, let me select who my my royal subjects are. That's how I see streamers. Let me select who is worthy. Fuck you. Doesn't it feel that way? Like there's this hierarchy now, like there's this food chain. They're looking down from above. Fuck that. That's not what this should have all been about. It should be about content. You know, look down from above, but then when you have a mental health issue, everybody has to fan your fanny. I don't know why I said that. Right? That was such an interesting <laughs> choice of words. See, that's why I went off script. Fan your fanny. What the fuck? That sounds like it should have been. I looked at the thing, I was like, it felt like there should have been something else there. Not fan your fanny, though. No redos. <laughs> this is so, just so my perspective, what you're man. Is- so, so basically what you're saying is we're not going to find the branches that go knee. No. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, we've never, we've never done this for anything. Our, our numbers as a podcast are really good. I never really say too much about it as a podcast, as a stream, not so much. Cause I mean, there's no, there's no visuals aside from our clips. We're not on camera, but our clips are. So I mean, as a stream, obviously it's going to be, that's just like an extra thing on the side. It's almost like the people that are in the chat room for the streaming are just watching a podcast being taped in front of a live audience in a sense. You know what I mean? Because let's not forget the early talk brunch was taped. It was just us recording it. And then it would go out to all of the platforms, the iTunes. That's the reason it's more known there because years before it was ever live, uh, it was already established when there were a lot less podcasts back then. And uh, so, I mean, I never really expect, unless we're streaming something huge, I never really expect that to be huge, but it was never the reason why we did it. You know, it was for the intimacy of the people within our communities that want content unfiltered, uncensored, the way that I enjoyed it. Back before YouTube turned into hell and all of the other platforms turned into hell, there were people like myself that would look for content that was just the way that it was. They weren't worried about who they would offend or what people they would lose sponsorships or who would cancel them. People were, that was what the beauty of the, of the internet and all of these platforms originally was, that it was unfiltered, uncorporate content and you could decide who to put over and who not to. Now the thing's fucked up left and right, you know, and and unfortunately, we, we it's it's just become contagious to just pity people, to just pity the fool. Don't pity the fool. Write it down. I was way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pity the fool. You know, it, it agitates me. And, and the reason why it does is because um, I see the people that are consuming the content going through changes for the content creators. And it just pisses me off when I see them online. They're worried about this person. And I know. Don't I mean I've been around long enough that my intuition can tell me when it's detrimental and when the person's going for uh, attention, especially when they go back and forth a lot, which I'm sure you all have it. People who wanted to leave a thousand times and came back a thousand times, they just want the sympathy when they leave and the celebration when they return over and over again. They want to have they want to have a lot of birthdays a year. That's what this shit is for them. They don't even know they're doing it. Probably it's on a subconscious level, but they're getting that dopamine fix every time they leave and you fucking pity them and they come back and you support them. If they've done it more than once, no more. No mas. Everybody gets one. Like, like Family Guy Spider-Man. You know? So, uh, and again, I, I have to put that disclaimer because I know how sensitive our culture is. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people that need breaks or can take mental health days, but once you come across those that have done it over and over and over, or even twice, cut them out. And the people who have done it twice, cut it out. Go. Leave. People are going to start to notice this. The, 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 the pendulum always swings one way and then the other. And, 
people are starting to become saturated the same way at one point it was too extreme there was too much uncensored stuff and everybody went the other way eventually people are going to get tired of the fluff that the world is filled with now this cotton candy facade that you're all putting on and it's going to swing back on you and everyone's going to not give a shit because they're going to be so desensitized to hearing your whining and complaining and your bullshit that it's going to just all be white noise to them when that happens where are you going to be in layman's terms if you keep doing this enough People are eventually not going to give a shit about your mental health. They're going to get tired of hearing about it if they haven't already. I'm one of the people that has. Cut your shit already. There you go. And that's about it. I'm good. This Rick Ram was sponsored by Bang Energy. That's funny. I had a Bang Energy before I came on here. <laughs> exactly, because I do. <laughs> you know, actually let my let that Kenta thing run a little bit longer just so I can finish my drink. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know, I got to do the damn Rick's rant now. And I'm going to be thirsty in the middle of it. Oh, well. But yeah, man, I just, I, this is just stuff that I wanted to say just because I know how much a lot of, I know content creators like us that just put work into their shit in the community. I don't care if it's one or 1,000 people. And then I see these, these people that are just dragging ass and showing tits. Write it down. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> That's just such a visual. Just fucking, oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Do we even dent the actual other parts of the program? Probably not. No. I wish I had a cleaner order, but there wasn't a clean. I think we did some good segues, though. Anyway, Sammy Guevara, we're going to follow up that story now. Yeah, because there's new information from the other side. Yeah, before we do, I want to go into his blog, because apparently I haven't seen this yet, but in the in the vlog that he does, he uh, he addresses it a little bit in the beginning, is what I've been told. Let me see. Really? Yeah. And so I'm out here to tell you. Okay, we got to skip this. I don't, I don't need to see him quitting the inner circle. I'm bumping it ahead before I bring it out here. Okay. How pretty it is. It's snowing here today. What the actual fuck? Sam! Sam, what are you doing? Why are you, like, making snow angels without a jacket? It's so cold. Okay, why would you do that? You're going to get sick. And then I'm going to get sick. I'm going to be pissed off. Sam, don't you read the internet? No. It said I have lots of heat, so I thought I didn't need a jacket. But I'm still so cold. You freaking idiots. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Not everything you read is real. What do you mean? So Not everything you read online is real, you idiot. So if I believe everything I read online, I'm a fucking idiot? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. That was it. Holy shit. Freaking I have lots Sammy. of heat, so. Lots of heat. Because it's cold. <laughs> Oh, Sammy. Anyway, I'm going to drop that on the, uh, I'm going to share that link for you guys for anyone who's interested in the entire vlog. Oh, that was funny. The bot has it out here and it's going to be on our social media tweets. Once I find that tab, there it is. Bam. Inner Circle. I quit the Inner Circle vlog 307. Sammy Guevara shared on the social media. If you haven't seen it yet and you want to check it out. Uh, so apparently there's all kinds of conflicting stories because according to Wrestling Observer, they were saying that Impact was really mad about AEW sending talent over and then putting plans in place and the talent wouldn't do what was planned and then everything got smoothed over. But uh, they weren't happy at first, apparently. And uh, apparently Guevara suggested winning the X Division title. He wanted to win the title and then go back to AEW with it. And uh, he'd not lose it. He'd keep it and he'd go back and they do a tournament in Impact and they didn't like that idea, apparently. Is what happened there. Uh, and also, he didn't want to work any tag team matches. They wanted him to work tag team matches. Uh, 
And according to Brian Alvarez, quoted as saying that it was also said that they wanted him to be in the tag team match, but he didn't want to be in it because the whole storyline on Dynamite is that he's splitting from the inner circle and he's going alone. And apparently in his mind it was, if the storyline is that I'm going at it alone, then why wouldn't I go to Impact and do tag matches? Apparently he told people that and he was upset with this idea and he wanted to win the X Division title and then never lose it. He had an idea that involved winning it and then he wouldn't lose it and the tournament, like I told you about it. Anyway, so now you know, guys know a little bit more detail. The whole thing, this, the only part that's a contradiction seems to be whether or not he, uh, he was going to, uh, win it back, you know, or whether he was going, or whether they were, there was heat rather seems to have been the big contradiction, yeah. right? Like some yeah. people said it was friendly. Some people said that it wasn't. What's your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, Sammy Guevara as X Division champion would have fit perfectly because he only virtually embodies that style. But it's kind of funny to me how Impact doesn't want to do the idea that it would actually work. Now they want to put him in fucking decay. But uh, yeah, see, that would have been interesting. That would have been very interesting because Sammy Guevara would have fit right in with the old school X Division, with the old, with the original X Division, with the guys with like the Christopher Daniels and the AJ Styles. The Chris Sabins, he'd have fit right in with those guys. So that would have actually been pretty cool to see him come over and win that belt. I can kind of see where he's coming from, though, with the talk of, like, if he's going solo, why is the next thing we see him doing is wrestling tag matches? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it, it contradicts that whole thing. It just seems like everything Impact wanted him to do contradicts what he's actually doing. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know if he needs to be in there. TJP, um, I mean Perkins is good. You know, yeah, Perkins is good. Guevara is really but, good though, man. Like I've like I'm very impressed with a lot of the stuff I mean, when it comes to Guevara. You 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 tell me another time where freaking TJP could do a six thirty and that turn to the side and one at some point in the moves so though. I think Guevara do gravity defying shit like. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he has. He's 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 been really <laughs> solid. Um, I don't really know, man. The decay thing, if that was real, was going to be awful, and uh, it would have been worse than it is now. Maybe they have X Division plans that we don't know about. Yeah. We know Guevara at least is. I don't know about Impact at this point. Yeah, I think they had X Division plans. So uh, maybe maybe the people that were in the X Division, the boys there, didn't want an outsider coming and winning the title, and management took it into advisement. I mean, God, you already had AEW's world champion coming here and fuck up yours. So it's just like at this point, what do you have to lose? Mm hmm. All right. Well, to be continuing when it comes to AEW stuff. Apparently, we talked last week when it came to the WWE and the new social media policy. And Dave Meltzer was saying that uh, basically, because uh, originally the whole issue was they're not allowed to take pictures at places. Like if you're eating at a freaking uh, Waffle House, you can't take a picture because if they see that you're at Waffle House, that's considered an endorsement. And if the WWE doesn't have a contract with Waffle House, then you shouldn't be there promoting their stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Or, for example, like if Seamus was to go to Burger King and he happened to do like a vlog in the drive-thru of Burger King or take a picture outside with a friend in Burger King or a couple of wrestlers selfie and there was like stuff in the picture that had like branding or anything like that on there, then that's a violation because these aren't companies that they're in, in, uh, cahoots with, you know? Or like, for example, like let's say that like Big E and knew they were eating at a table and one of them had like a Diet Coke on the table with the label exposed in that picture. And someone walks by, takes the picture, puts it on social media. Well, there's this Diet Coke on there, and they don't have a thing with Diet Coke. So apparently, uh, this is the way it was originally conveyed. Now what Meltzer is saying is that uh, it was explained to him that if they take a photo, for example, and they're eating an Oreo cookie, um, they could get away with eating the Oreo cookie with no problem, no fine, no suspensions, no anything like that. Um, but if they mention Oreo, 
then they're going to get a fine. So it's like if in the picture you happen to be eating Oreo cookie and you don't say anything, great. But if in the headline it says eating an Oreo cookie hasn't had one in a long time, then you're in trouble. So you can't mention it or hashtag it. This is apparently how the violations on social media go. I originally thought that the social media was you're not allowed to say dumb shit that might be politically or religiously incorrect since that's what we've been getting a lot of trouble on mental health issues from. But no, they just are caring about, of course, their branding. So they want to make sure that... uh. That happened. But then later on, there was a, what is this, F4W online, then basically said that uh, superstars can take a photo in front of a car or other businesses like a restaurant. There'd be no violation. Yeah, it's they just can't directly mention things. It's the same thing. So, wow. And then the first warning is a, is a fine, and then it's a suspension. What are your thoughts on this? This is oddly picky. Like, it's picky in, like, a weird way, like... Like, hey, you could eat that waffle. You could eat at that Waffle House, but don't you dare say Waffle House. Like, because if you eat that waffle at Burger King, you'd be like, hey, man, this big ass sandwich is delicious. Like, what? It seems like they don't want to give Waffle House free advertising. You know what I'm saying? Like, what Waffle House do besides fucking stay open till two o'clock in the morning for some of y'all drunk asses to walk in? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's getting <laughs> it's just stressful with them, right? Yeah, like unnecessary stress too like what I, I don't understand like why is this needed they just seem to want anything that'll give them any type of control ringside news actually learned that uh writers that are on raw don't get notes from the meetings with vince anymore so if the writers on the team but not in that meeting with vince then they're pretty much just left in the dark they have to just sort of guess this is a, uh, I guess a way to make sure that uh stuff doesn't leak and then apparently I mean, somebody who's part of creative was quoted as saying i don't know why bruce would have most of the staff operate in the dark but it seems like another power grab to me and then they apparently ringside said that they heard a remark about vince mcmahon that they're hoping he will come to his senses or realize what's happened with the situation that's been created backstage yeah maybe he should start reading the dirt sheets because we're aware of it we're not backstage we it's know, right that shit. maybe he i mean one of the things they tell you when you sign with them is not to read the dirt sheets but I just think that saying that makes everybody read the dirt sheets. And to me, in order for them to know to tell people not to read the dirt sheets, they'd have to read the dirt sheets to know that they don't want people to read the dirt sheets. So everyone must read the fucking dirt sheets is what I'm going to just assume. It's not dirt the opposite. Exception. They make it sound like they all are ignoring it. Once again, that holier than thou. No, 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 no. But it's really happening. Because how else would you know that they're a negative thing? If you're not reading them, and if no one's reading them, then there'd be a perception of it being great, maybe. You haven't read them in years, right? Right? Could be good for you, you know. Your product became shitty in years, right? Things don't always stay the same. I don't know, it was a low blow, whatever. No, that but, was pretty accurate. But there was some positive news, though. Because according to WrestleNomics' Brandon Thurston, he was saying that WWE employees were given stock awarded at $3,000. $3,000. Not all of them, but some of them were given these stock bonuses. I guess this was to make up for uh, the fact that they weren't being given any other bonuses before. So they got something out of it. Some people speculate that it's because of the heat that they got from everybody reporting last week that nobody was getting any bonuses. Do you think it was the heat or was this planned? Oh, heat. He's giving them no bonus points, folks. No. They need to earn that shit. I love how they're saying, so no Fig Newtons? No, no Fig Newtons. Man, I haven't had a Fig Newton in so long. You know what? I, I, whole, I forgot they existed until I you mentioned my whole it. life went by without me having a Fig Newton. Holy fuck, you missed out. I mean, I had them back in the day. Did I have sugar-free ones? I still don't, I still don't, don't I try know. to do the sugar thing, you know? It might. I wouldn't be surprised. You just get the fig. All fig, no Newton. Writing it down. Oh my god. So um, 
as you guys know, we're all going to be Peacock subscribers. That way I can come on here every week and tell you how the latest episode of Saved by the Bell and Punky Brewster have been. No, no pop for that. Well, we don't have any piped in pops. I forgot. We should right. try that one. They do a whole episode with the crowd noise in the background. Holy fuck. That's <laughs> the whole thing, right? See if there's Holy. anything awkward about the fact that the fans are always here. <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to probably become a thing at some point. All I'm saying, anybody with the visuals, you see the crowd in the movie theater. So WWE's chief financial officer, Christina Salen, Salen, hopefully I said that right. She spoke to Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal, and she's quoted as saying, I would argue against the idea that WWE Network struggled to grow. From our perspective, we didn't actively and aggressively go after subscribers in the way that a large mass audience streaming platform would. And you know what? To Christina Salen or Salon or Celine, I say bullshit. You didn't go after subscribers. No, you didn't. You weren't aggressively promoting the network. You don't need cable or radio. Nowhere else the fuck to go. Nine ninety nine. That wasn't you with your songs. Song. All fucking nine ninety nine shit everywhere. All over, plastered across the fucking wall. Are you kidding me? Constantly mentioning Sneaking it. Sneaking in the promos left and right. You know, telling people how stupid they were for still having cable. It doesn't make any sense on a cable channel. How fucking more aggressive could you have went after? Netflix didn't do that. Like, a, can you believe that they would even have the balls to say that with how hard they pushed the network? <laughs> yes. Holy crap. Talk about being in denial. <laughs> that we didn't push it that hard. Just every chance that we got. Like, every single chance without fail. And twice on, on Tuesday. Oh, my God. All right. Moving along. Floyd Mayweather. This man threw a birthday party? Yep. <sighs> yeah? Was it at least safe? Nope. All right, let me bring up the footage here. Oh, God. The is here. Oh, God. The is here. Oh, here. Holy shit, where is that? I have no fucking clue, but I saw like two masks in there. Dude. Hold on a minute. Let me see this article about this information. It's from TMZ, by the way. I'll link you guys to that article on the social media where there doesn't say where this was this was 44th birthday party but they did ask him if he would fight logan paul and he said i know it's going to happen we just want to make sure everything is right and everything is where it should be so he is definitely going to fight logan paul translation make sure the check clears yeah just do it like in at least i'm pretty sure we will be past this but just disclaimer do it 14 days from now or more and get tested you know like that is a crowd huh it would really suck if you hear in the future that there was some sort of an outbreak from this. You know, I'd feel bad for everybody who wasn't there. <sighs> I'm not going to judge. I don't know. Maybe everyone was tested. I got to give the benefit of the doubt until I know information. Otherwise, I'm no better than the uh, the people who do that kind of shit. You know? Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Here's the link for you guys on social media. I almost forgot about it. Uh, who, who really needs to see? Do you guys need to see? They're going to be like, let me go to the Talk Brunch social media so that we can <laughs> click on. We could click on that. Uh. Floyd Mayweather party. And then we get heat because there's no Gorilla Glue girls, you know what I mean? I kept hearing about that. I've avoided it. I get the general idea. I imagine she must have put it on herself, but I never click stories like that. Remember Fucking when hilarious. I was on here and for a long time I didn't know what twerking was? I was like, I refuse to click what it is because I thought it was going to be stupid. <laughs> you know, turn the, and I was like, I refuse to. It's going to be something stupid. I don't care. Not involving myself. Then I saw it and I was like, oh. Right. All I'm yeah. saying is, uh, moral of the story, water on Gorilla Glue does not work. But you would have needed to know that, though. Like, like, why would you need to know that? Because apparently people put that shit in their hair. (sighs) 
I'm gonna laugh so hard at somebody else's stupidity in my life. I swear to God. Uh, that is pretty stupid. What was she trying to glue to her head? I can't keep this, what this it, segment going. I swear I'll clip it out of the podcast version. But what what is she? <laughs> what was she trying to glue? Basically, I'll, I'll give. I'll make it brief. Um, you know how some people have like that hair gel spray and stuff. She ran out and for some reason went to, went to the grill glue. I she guess was, because she was her hair to, gel. She was just trying to gel her hair. She wasn't her even hair trying to hold in glue in it too. She thought it did the same shit. So she wasn't even trying to hold in like a weave or anything or a wig. She was just trying to gel her hair with gorilla glue. Yeah, all I'll tell you is uh, she had to have she had, it had they had to have a surgical procedure done to get that shit out. How Bianca you is it the wrestler or the stupid one? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It took a second for that to register. Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, my God. That was awesome. Holy shit. There goes Talk for us getting the marketing camera. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Next story. Conan. Yep. That's all we to go on, right? Just move on. We need to. I always say I never give it to us. Really fucking do. <laughs> Conan, trying to get him on the screen. It's not that I, I lost the story. I just want like to have the graphic of the person up there. He has a beautiful face. Apparently, Dave Meltzer had to explain uh, something that's happened. There's a few things going on here. Wow. Because I actually didn't see it before I got on here. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so Conan, according to Wrestling Observer, they said that he, Conan was very sick last week. He was bedridden for three days. He's actually quoted as saying uh, that he got COVID, went to the hospital, and his kidneys were failing. So, uh, whoa. And, uh, yeah, Melser actually talked about it a few days later. He said that he heard from Conan, and he's at home, and he needs a nurse and medicine and things like that. But it was really bad a week ago, like bad enough that he had um, um, a chaplain come to his room and pray for him. Bad enough that they came and talked to him about what decision should be made if his kidney stops working. Or if his heart stops working. Keep in mind that, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this years ago before I even started doing this, another podcaster, Don Tony, actually did like a bit, I believe it was a fundraiser for Conan to have his kidney replaced when he had a fair. This was yeah. years and years ago, back when I was just listening to shows myself and I remember that. So he's always had an issue with that, but apparently he caught, he caught the, the cove and, uh, wow. Yeah. He's having a rough time right now. He's been they having a rough having, week. He didn't have contact with anyone except for his family and the Mysterio family. Um, you know, cause Dominic is his godson and he's close to them. So, uh, hmm. Wow. Yeah. Has to be Dude careful. Not... Yeah, man. Get well soon. Holy crap. He is not having a good time right now. Well, I mean, they sent him home. He has to be better, but that's crazy. Yeah. You know, um, he's a cool guy, man. You know, so I really feel bad. I've listened to his shows for as probably as long as it's been on i don't even know if disco was part of it when i used to listen to it back and i forget who it was but uh, i've mentioned to you guys before that uh, i don't really talk to celebrities or people in the business very often you know there's a few select people ach was one of them but conan was a person who uh back years ago whenever there was a ufc over we used to tweet back and forth like he was he was nice enough to always interact with me and you know knew who i was and shit we haven't spoken years but uh like, even I remember I put up a botch video once and him and I talked about it. I put up a video of Morrison. I think you could still probably find it on our Facebook page, but I put up a video of me at a photo oh, yeah. of an indie event where Morrison bust his ass springboarding off of someone's back. And I remember I shared that out to Conan on social media and uh, we spoke about it. So he's a cool guy, you know, really, really good, good guy. And, uh, yeah, that really sucks that, uh, he's going through that again. So I definitely wish him well, you know. 
Okay. One more Conan story. This one not to have, have to do with his health, but apparently it has to do with with, with Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan was part of Wrestling Fetish Podcast. And uh, on this show, they asked him about uh, Conan. If you listen to Conan, Conan and Disco are pretty uh, vocal about the problems with AEW. No different than us. They're cool about it, but they are vocal about it. And uh, that came up during a podcast. And Tony Khan pretty much addressed what he thought in regards to uh, that. I'm going to put that audio on in the chat room for you guys. One sec here. You have to protect your own company, and everyone goes into it very protective of their own company. But I think sometimes we're all too protective, uh, and there's a balance, just like everything in life. I would say everything's a fine line, and this is one of those things. And you have to walk it very carefully where you're protecting your own company, but you're also doing things that are very interesting. And now we're setting up uh, relationships with other people, and it, it, it's really good thing for us, I think. And it's something we've talked about for a long time. And really, we've done from the beginning. Uh, we've worked with AAA. Really, yeah. the first AEW match was an invasion story. Because the first wrestling that I had that was, was somewhere else was uh, had a double or nothing. We had the invasion of AAA, where the Young Bucks went down to Mexico and invaded AAA. Good now, point. yeah. And the Young Bucks on March 16th won the tag team title. I'll give you guys a pull-out quote for this, so hopefully you'll get a lot of uh, interest in this show. Which I've seen Conan call my booking into question, which oh, I find okay. very, very amusing. Very amusing, <laughs> Conan. Because if I recall, the biggest money angle you had that entire year, I booked. And Ooh. I put that entire Young Bucks Lucha Brothers program together and sent the whole outline to you. I still have it on my phone. Uh-oh. And... That was your biggest money angle in 2019 and your biggest TV show. So if I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know if you do either. Uh, Hard to argue with, hey, dog. <laughs> uh, uh, but that being said, uh, I like Conan. And like I would never have said anything like that if he hadn't said something like that about me. Right. And, uh, but I like working with them. I like working with AAA and I like working with Conan. Uh, you know, we've got champions working here that have worked with them. I have heard Conan on his show with Disco Inferno say some stuff, but I, but as a working relationship, it's always been very good. I think one can argue, as valid of a point as he makes, that um, I don't like to take anything away from, but the booking doesn't necessarily have to be what it could be. It could be the original thing, the fact that the Young Bucks are a draw, or at the time, they were a huge draw wherever they went. Anywhere that they went, drew money. That's literally how a draw works in wrestling, which Conan knows, you know, which Tony Khan knows. Everybody knows. So yeah. once Conan had brought them in, AAA, knowing that they'd be a draw, Tony Khan happened to book it. But I mean, at the end of the day, good booking can be preemptively determined, which is my argument against Tony Khan. And I like Tony Khan. And what I mean by that is that the booking isn't what gets people into the building. You know, it's not what gets the rating. Because in order for that to be what gets the rating they would have to know the booking ahead of time, which if they did, they wouldn't bother to tune in. They don't know the booking. They they tune in for the draw, which is the box, and then they stay for the booking. So the numbers, unfortunately, can't be attributed to that, you know? It was a big segment because of the fact that the bucks were there, you know? At least that's my perspective. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've always said, yeah, the bucks were there too, but also you have, right, one of Mexico's top tag teams, and Penta and Phoenix. I think that was a matchup that a lot of 
not only AAA, but indie fans had kind of wanted to see for a long time. And on that big of a stage, like, of course, there's no way that's not going to draw. Like, yeah. wait a minute, you tell me the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers are feuding over tag titles? Like, take my money. And I don't think that anything that Conan and Disco said over there has been, uh, like, inaccurate or offensive. They've been respectful about it, too, for what it's worth. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they seem to have a good working relationship. But, yeah, just figured I would bring that up since we were on the topic of Conan, since that was also on the sheets. Also going to link you guys to that entire podcast here. The rec link in the chat room from the bot and off of our Twitter being shared. Yeah, but definitely hope uh, Conan gets to feeling much better because I've always been a massive, massive, big, big Conan fan over the years. Yeah, I mean, if they sent them home, you know, it's just crazy that it got that close, you yeah. know, like it's that's kind of right. scary. That's yeah, the fact that they sent them home is definitely a good sign, at least. He's good enough to where he didn't have to be in the hospital. And hey, weekly play, aka Ashley. Ashley, what's up? I'm having marking people in the chat room over here. I want to make sure that uh, the bot and everything is keeping track and that I have the back of it for later. But, uh, oh my God. What a week, huh? Man, who are you telling? <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Sorry for the delay. Just going through our paperwork and stuff here. So. Wow, I can't believe it's in the stories. It actually made it into the program. Is Willie in the chat room? Tell me Willie's here. It'll be so oh, tragic he if, he, if he's falling asleep or stepped away. <laughs> because we're going to talk Bo Dallas. Yeah, that's a name I never thought we'd ever talk again. Yeah. Sammy Zayn, apparently. Uh, where was this that he was speaking? This was on Rick Uccino. Uh, who, who he was speaking to. He spoke about trying to get WWE to push Bo Dallas. How funny is that? Sami Zayn being the advocate who probably would doomed him. Let me take a look here. Hold on. Where would this be? This is... Okay. Terminator tonight. For the best stories. Okay, hold on. No? What's a movie you wish you could... Trying to find, because he talks about a lot of stuff in this show. Shows always tend to be kind of beefy when it comes to stuff they talk about. The, uh... uh... No, what's a move you wish you could I don't take see, back? I don't see it back for whatever kind of crazy. But he did say that he tried to get WWE to push Bo Dallas, which uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Where they didn't want to do it at all, right? You know? Like like it's like this guy was an NXT champion. Yeah, that actually really sucks. Yeah, he's been that same bullshit since way back then. You come up to the main roster, and it all goes to shit. And I know a lot of people want him to be Bo Wyatt, but I mean, that, to me, I think that's kind of corny, you know? But the thing about it is, it would work just because it has an element of realism to it, because they're actually family. It's so you know right what? You just made the list! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Saeed Anwar, thank you for the follow. That actually jumped me there for a minute. Right, you too. I think that's why a lot of people would want it. It writes itself so easy, they don't have to do much thinking, which they don't like to do. Yeah, but the reason why I brought this up wasn't because of the fact that uh, Bo Dallas was being suggested by Sami Zayn, but because we actually have an update on what Bo Dallas has been doing. I don't know if you knew about yeah. this. I have seen, heard what he's been doing, and uh, that boy will be set. <laughs> yeah, so according to Wrestling Observer's newsletter, Bo Dallas and Liv Morgan have a farm together that they run, and they've also started a family real estate business. So, uh, there you go. Get yeah, they are 
pretty much, let's be real, at this point, Bo is getting himself set for life after that, that contract runs out. I mean, he's set for life now. He, he's taken care of. Like, he's good. Like, what else does he need, you know? He has a farm, which gives you animals and food. He can uh, live. He can live. He can live forever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that worked out way worse, better than I thought it was going to. I thought about that earlier in the week when I headed on the guy. It's too corny. That sounds magical. Who wants to live forever? I know that they were Queen fans, huh? But I mean, hey, good for them, though. It's definitely, they got um something set, pretty much, so that they can, for one thing, it's good for both. And I mean, it keeps them busy, keeps them occupied. I mean, hey, Liv has something for after WWE locked in now, so. Yeah, and apparently, like, Lana goes there and visits Liv on a regular basis. There's a picture of them hanging out there. Yeah. Where yeah, is this farm, um, exactly? Got, I can't remember exactly they where. Need, I want, is it in Nashville? They need a reality TV show there. Oh, that'd be! I'd watch it every day. Are you kidding me? It's wonderful. But yeah, because um, because Lana got uh stuck there due to the the snow. So yeah, she just hung out with Liv and Bo on their farm. Bo live. Oh my god! Cooler. Oh my god! We, we need to split. We need to splinter. Yeah. I made a funny. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Bo live. It, it, it's like I'll tell you, five Family Guy, Spider Man. Everybody gets one. What's on Liv's YouTube? I guess uh, the footage from. Her, her Lana hanging out with him. Drop it in the chat room if you want us to uh to go over it. If you happen to know where it is, well, yeah, Bo live. Hmm. Oh, I don't just want to see her general farm stuff, man. Like, you guys can go search that later on if you want. Like, we know she has a farm. That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to Sami Zayn, in this interview, he was asked uh about his worst halluva kick. Did you hear about this? I have not. Oh, I'm intrigued. Let me try to bring the clip back up. Now I got to navigate back to it. So hang on there for me for a minute here, guys. Because now I'm thinking worst Haluva kick. I'm like, this could go so many different directions. Yeah, a couple of things. First, I want to get the other thing out of the way from earlier. Okay, so let's do that. The uh, what he tried to do for Bo Dallas. It has to. Yeah. Uh, other than yourself, if you could push one superstar to the moon, who would it be? Um, you know, I'm not even, not even talking about pushing to the moon, but just pushing or using, I'd actually say Bo Dallas, Real, uh, oh, nice. you, you know, people talk about underrated wrestlers a lot and my name will come up and Cesaro's name will come up and a bunch of guys, Dolph Ziggler, all these kind of people, names will come up a lot. Bo Dallas, in my opinion, is probably one of the, maybe the most talented person we have that doesn't get, I mean, he's not even being used. And I know, I know it's totally hard. There's only so much television time. We've got so many stories lined up. But I was with him in NXT at the time when he was NXT champion. I I know exactly what he's capable of. And I think he's one of the most talented people we have that's not getting even an inch. So uh if if I had if I had my way, I would definitely showcase him a little bit more. All right. Honest. Wow. Look at that, man. There's other people besides Willie at one bow. Yeah, but the only difference is Sammy says that no one is not going to happen. That's the difference. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and yeah, Sammy, it's not that hard to get him on TV. Come on now. Yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, the other thing that he talks about, that was the other interview, actually. I got them confused, but this is the one. This is the uh, Haluva kick one. Let me get to the Haluva kick part. Your blue thunder bomb you ever delivered. Oh, God. So best... I don't know. I don't know how to say best, but there's there's a couple of guys that I really smoked with that kick. 
and they're the last guys you would ever want to smoke that badly. Uh, and one of them was uh, the one, two, three kid, X-Pac, Sean, Sean Waltman. Uh, I wrestled them on an independent in 2011. And again, I was so excited about the match. I have so much respect for this guy. It's a, a genuine trailblazer, deserves both Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame rings, if not a third one for his individual uh, contributions to the business. And I'm in the ring with him and we're having this match. And I guess I just, I don't know, maybe I ran too fast. I don't know what was going on. But I absolutely obliterated him, obliterated him um, to the point where I could feel his skull through my foot. It's very hard to explain. But upon contact, I'm like, oh, that was so much harder than I wanted to do that. That's too much. And the other one, another legend is Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, wrestled, wrestled him in Los Angeles in maybe 2009, 10 same thing, the last guy you'd ever want to hurt. And I, again, must have had a little too much momentum. Absolutely obliterated him. You know why that is, man? Because the El Generico Yakuza kick, now the Huluva kick, the El Generico Yakuza kick, he was coming at you so much fucking faster that sometimes he couldn't stop himself. That the, motherfucker used to be hauling all kinds of ass. The one that he hit X-Pac with, where he said he felt his skull through his boot, doesn't even begin to convey how fucking hard he hit him. Like he hit him so hard, man. <laughs> I remember that one. That like the really reason he says it like that is because that's about as far as his mind will let him comprehend it. Ask Xbox how bad that one This is hurt. it. Look at it. Kick it could easily be a knockout. We <laughs> oh. gotta do that shit one more time. Look at how fucking hard he kicked him. Dude. Kick it could easily be a knockout. Kick it could easily be a knock. Dude. Yo, he ate every bit of that kick. That shit didn't skim off to the side. It wasn't like a glancing blow. Like, no, that was like Anderson Silva front kicking Vitor Belfort. Just impact. Oh, my God. Too much. Too much, man. Motherfucker, look like he died on impact. That's what you need to make that wasted mean from that shit. Impact. <laughs> So when it comes to Bull, you think there's anywhere he should go or stay with the E or what the hell's going to happen? Because he's been MIA. Like, this is a real... Anywhere, anywhere but fucking WWE. Because anywhere will actually use him. Hmm. So they, I would say I would say NXT, but they ain't sending him back down to NXT. Yeah. They definitely aren't. Which they should, because he was a hell of a lot better there than he is here. You know? Here are the different audios for you guys. Because I know we had... I'm trying to just send everything out. That wasn't sent out before for you. There you go. And out it is. But yeah, a lot of lot of people basically going to waste in this new landscape. You know? I'm saying, well, was it two or three years ago? The McMahons were like, things are going to be different. You're the authority. Yeah, right. Do we feel different yet? I do. But it doesn't have anything to do with them. <laughs> so, pros and cons to that. Uh, in other news, Teddy Hart was arrested again oh god and look you're all adults you don't need me at this point in your lives telling you when teddy hart is arrested and i was thinking about the amount of work and time that it takes to keep up with teddy hart being arrested so we decided we're gonna just participate in what the rest of the internet does and streamline this story and the way we do that is whenever you're curious of whether or not teddy hart is arrested Follow the Twitter account, Is Teddy Hart in Jail? And it'll give you the time and the date and the arrest record. 
Now you don't have to constantly depend I love on me. That that's the thing. Now you don't have to constantly depend on me. I'm. This is a shoot, not a work. No joke here. At is Teddy Hart in jail? I don't know why I said it so aggressively, like I'm the man that you go to. But is Teddy Hart in jail? If you want to know, just go to that account. Just realize shit. I'm about to look at shit on my damn so You go get to Ad is Teddy Hart in fucking jail. I swear to you, it tells you every day. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> no. You gotta have your resources when you do this kind of shit, man. You know. How you gonna have a wrestling podcast without your isn't Teddy Hart in jail website? <laughs> oh my fucking god, it's real. Yeah, it's real. So there's the arrest record right there, or whatever, the mugshot, whatever you want to call it. Oops. It really says that shit too. I wanna bring it on my own freaking browser, but there you go. <laughs> I'm following this. Oh my god. Isn't that amazing? Just it is the fucking I love the two from like one from this one from a day ago. Is Teddy Hart and Dale? Yes. Two days ago. Is Teddy Hart and Dale? Yes. Three, four, and four. Yes, 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 no. You gotta go all the way back to six days ago to get a no. Like, this, whoever runs this page literally updates day after day after day. No. 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 Yes. I thought this one, I thought this one was on the same. The last no and the first yes were on the same day. It literally says evening update. Yes. Sad stuff, man. That's some shit. You know you've been to jail too many times, but they make a whole Twitter dedicated when you go in jail. I mean, what was the last Holy one? Didn't somebody have to chase his ass down or something? Yeah. That's crazy. You know? He looks really sad in that picture too, right? I don't know if it's sad or confused, one or the other. Look at him there. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> you don't want a cookie? That moment when your favorite Netflix series gets canceled mid-season. I just realized you're right. His name is Edward Ellsworth. Edward, ain't that a bitch? <laughs> am I reading this correctly? Edward Ellsworth Anus? Yeah. <laughs> is that Anus? Anus? I hope it's Anus, right? Holy fuck. fuck. Anus. Uh, what, is, what? Come on. <laughs> I am done. Oh my god. That You know what it is? I know what it is. That is the face of a man who knows everybody now knows his government name. It is Ellsworth Anus. Nah, there's <laughs> two of them. Except one's in jail and one's just chilling. We talked about this in the intro, but Bailey is now single. She is no longer with Aaron Solo. I barely remember who that dude is. Right. I forgot he was a wrestler. Remind me. What was the last time he wrestled? I haven't seen him in forever. I couldn't tell you last time I've seen him, but I heard of him. Interesting. Interesting. He says, well, now he's solo. You corny ass. You fucking. He wrote, this has been an extremely difficult decision to make. Pam and I have come to the realization that we have a completely different idea of what we want our future to look like. Because of this, we feel that it would be in our best interest to call off our engagement and end our relationship. We have a lot of great memories together that we'll forever cherish. We've agreed to remain friends and we'll continue to support each other in our careers and life. We ask that you please respect our privacy on this matter. Okay. See, you're right. People are getting split up. He said everybody's getting divorced, but people are getting split up. Everyone's also making babies, too. So be a lot of, you know, broken families. Yeah. Just kidding. Now I think about it, I just remembered it because if we can scroll by, that wasn't the only split up we had today. Fucking Daft Punk split up today. I did hear about that. Yeah, after our 28-year run, Daft Punk is done. What is going on? Well, 2021, man. Remember how we were looking forward to it? Because after the ball drops, you get a good reboot. Everything's <laughs> good now. Remember? Oh, damn, Stasis. Stasis said when she kicked him out, she called for her fireworks. That's fucked up. Wow. That is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking down the fucking porch. He's out of the 
Gaza. Don't do it. I can't go there. I can't go here. Can't. <laughs> oh my god! But no, it's seriously, it's good that like they can be cordial and be friends still after that because breakups like that are not easy, especially when you get as far as engagement. Eel Bailey, do you mean like with a phoenix down, and or do you mean Bailey's Irish cream because both are spelled wrong? <laughs> I mean, that shit does have healing properties under the right circumstances. Don't worry, he likes them back. It's okay. No, I'll fuck with you. <laughs> well, I'll have me some Baileys to heal up. Yeah, Mega Baileys, yeah. All HP and NMP back. All right. Anyway. Oh, look at that clock, too. I'm going to skip stories on you guys. Screw that. There's certain shit here that has to be uh done with. Apparently, uh, I'm going to this one. Kyrie Saint apparently was wanted to work in stardom or something. They wanted her to work in stardom. In Japan and WWE told her no, that she's not allowed to be part of the stardom thing. This is going to be the biggest stardom show in history, and they wanted her for the show. And but their contract reserved the right to reject any offer, so they rejected the offer. According to Wrestling Observer, they don't want her in stardom, even though it wouldn't even be a conflict conflict of interest because it's wrestling in Japan. They don't want it. And I wonder what what do they have her doing? That's so important. Nothing. Jack shit. Nothing. Like, let the fucking girl wrestle. Not like you guys are doing jack shit with her anyway. You ain't bringing her back for shit. Not doing shit with her. No, you're right. You're spot on right about that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What a shame, because she was one of the better people there. And the thing she had with Asuka going was fantastic. That was probably the most fun I think she'd had the whole... They were gen- They genuinely got very close. And they had so much fun together. And I remember Asuka was genuinely sad when she had to leave. Yeah, that's a crying shame. Yeah, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she was happy where she was. You know, we kind of knew she was going to be going too. Yeah, she had already kind of planned to get out of there at some point soon. Fair enough. All right. And other news we're hearing the WWE has completely just abandoned the Murphy Aaliyah storyline because they didn't really know what to do next. So that was it. That's done. <sighs> the idiot. The, the idiot. <sighs> so, what they basically said is the storyline where we had Murphy team up with Rollins. Go through this whole thing. Develop a relationship with Rey Mysterio's daughter. Battle for the approval of the family. Go through this whole dramatic thing where Rey Mysterio gives his approval. Beat Seth Rollins. And and just bored. Like every other angle. Can I count them out yet? They count on angles all the time, right? Because all I'm saying is, (laughs) I see some companies do some stupid fucking angles. Stupid fucking angles. We've already established we don't like the Matt Hardy thing. Guess what? The way Lisa the Matt Hardy thing to the fucking end. Would have been nice to see where that would have ended up. Would have been nice to see Murphy possibly go on a single run and have Aaliyah by his side. Aaliyah gets to do some stuff in the business. Gets to be closer to her family. Gets to have some fun. Nah. WWE just said, nah, I think we're bored now. We gotta get that Keith. We, 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 gotta, we gotta get that, that Bobby Lashley push going. We don't have time for this. Apparently they do not. Oh god! They put it probably right on top of that Nakamura push. Everybody got excited about. Corey Graves uh, said something smart recently. One of their cheats. <laughs> the way you worded it, I generally have to think like, what did he say? During his After the Bell podcast, he's quoted as saying that it is his personal belief that with the right situation surrounding him, Cesaro could have. Very raw, reached new heights and levels of success if he was looked at the same way fans at one point looked at Bruno San Martino. He said that if that he sure the end is going to blow up and go Corey Graves compares to Cesaro to Bruno San Martino. Um, 
And he is, but not in a legendary Hall of Fame, Bruno San Martino, the guy who is Americana pop culture, but he was a classy immigrant who came to the United States. Bruno's backstory is amazing, having to flee because of the Nazis. Bruno lived life, comes to America, and becomes the biggest star in pro wrestling sports entertainment. Bruno wasn't a flashy guy. Bruno wasn't known for captivating interviews. Bruno was, Bruno from the footage he's seen has never really blown his mind with the ability to speak. Bruno was just the dude. Bruno was the best wrestler in the world and people promoted him as such and treated him as such. So the fans looked at him with that reverence. This is the guy. He is the guy that was the champion for years and years because no one can beat Bruno. He's just that good. It's funny because now that he's pointed out, though, I see the similarities extremely. When it comes to Bruno San Martino and Cesaro, it actually could be. Yeah. He could have been this generation's Bruno. Yeah, Cesaro. 100%. Cesaro I mean, Cesaro, his mic skills haven't always been fantastic. The presentations. But the thing that Cesaro does well is beats people the fuck up. Like, they but try I, to give that horseshit where it was like, oh, there's no connection with the fans. No, everybody connects with them because nobody throws uppercuts like that motherfucker. But I've been saying for nobody, years that they needed to do it. It's, like, it's almost like they just don't care that they could have had that. They, they, they don't. Like I said before in the chat room when it came to the whole thing with the chamber, I didn't buy that shit of of Cesaro winning the chamber because if Cesaro was going to be good enough for the chamber, he'd have won one of them in a world champion 73 and a half times by now. You know, it's going to sound weird, but it, this this kind of stuff has made me realize that I don't like wrestling particularly for kids. And it's because at the end of the day, um, kids haven't yet learned to think for themselves. And this is a product designed to think for you. You know, it's, that's what it's become. They decide who's good. Like a kid is not capable of looking objectively at the fact that the product is going against the grain and that someone like Cesar could be pushed. They're basically uh, influenced by the perception that the WWE gives of the wrestlers. Like a child won't be able to know that Cesar was good. So I don't like the fact that their demographic has people who are very easily influenced who can't think for themselves, if that makes any sense. But I guess that's why it's their demographic. Exactly. Besides us, who are just idiots for being here every single fucking week, getting tortured. Like they, like they don't want us being the demographic because if it's us, if it's not Cesaro, you could fuck off. <laughs> because Cesaro should have been the man already, and he hasn't been, and it just shows this company does not know what they are doing. Because yeah. you have gold in one of the most athletic and probably in hands down the strongest pound for pound guy in your entire friggin' locker room. And yet they've done nothing. Uh, New York post asked him why he wasn't uh, given a main title shot. And he's, he's quoted as saying, I think that there's been a lot of different variables that go into it. Sometimes I feel like the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing. Sometimes some, something that's always there and reliable, you kind of start to overlook it because you take it for granted. I always try to create as much momentum as I could and do the best with what I was given and am given. And I think that's the important part. Just keep working hard and make the best every single time with the opportunities that you're given. And yeah, he has been overlooked. I don't 100% agree with with. I just think they kind of made a decision about where they were going to keep him. Because a lot of the time he hasn't been used consistent enough to be, even be the squeaky wheel. I mean, I get what he says about using opportunities that you're given. How does that work, though, when you're not given opportunities? Maybe maybe for some people, it's just good enough. He's making good enough money. He's doing appearances. He's, you know, like he might be fine with it. I've always said two things in spite of what we say on here. Not everyone should or could be champion. And not everyone should or could win the title. And that doesn't just go for every title. I mean, for one title, go for every title. The tag titles, the U.S. title, the IC title, the world title. Not everyone should win every title because that discredits it. It's almost like now we have a culture 
with younger people that watch wrestling. They see somebody get better and better and better and go, man, he's really good. When's he going to win the title? Like if it's a, it's my turn kind of thing. Like, all right, pass it down. That's not, that's not the title. You know, there's lots of people who don't win it that are fine. Mr. Perfect never won the title. X-Pac never won the title. You know, lots of people. The list goes on and on of their champions that just simply never won the title or wrestlers rather. Is Sarah the way? I don't remember Sarah the way his wife or his girl or whatever. But you know, there are people who just don't always win the title. Jerry Lynn was a great wrestler, never won the title. Wasn't even in the fucking mid card WWE. When you think about it, I barely, I, I remember most of my Jerry Lynn WWE experience was fucking Sunday Night Heat. And that's Jerry Lynn. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes it's just, it just doesn't work out. And then sometimes it's incompetent booking. And I think this one leans more towards incompetency. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's not going to happen for him. I don't think not here. He's gonna, he yeah. shouldn't have signed if he did sign again. Like George is saying, like they signed him now. He don't care no more. They should. He should have gotten something in there that makes like, something happen. Well, we know they'll sign you and lie to your face. We know they do this shit. So yeah, like they probably didn't lie to fucking. I, I would like to think they didn't lie to Jerry Lynn when they fucking were just like, hey, you don't understand. Like you're 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 on heat. <laughs> yeah, Xbox yeah. X, Xbox. X-Pac never won the world title, but he also didn't have shit where they just didn't give him jack shit. They gave him so much, he didn't even need to win the world title. Like Cesaro, who's been going full throttle since he was showing up in NXT with him and Zayn kicking the shit out of each other. They have no excuse for not giving him a world championship. And at this point, I almost feel like it's too late. I mean, it is too late then. I hope he didn't sign yet, but I mean, he might have. He probably did. Well, you're hoping that something good comes of it. They owe everybody at this point. <laughs> All right. I guess this is the last bit of news. And then we do the weeklies and wrap up here. Uh, Ring of Honor has announced their next pay-per-view, right? That is correct. Yeah. So now we want, now we got to get ready and buckle down and catch up on our Ring of Honor on this channel because Ring of Honor uh, is going to have the 19th anniversary pay-per-view March 26th. All five titles will be on the line. This is going to start at 8 p.m. First hour is going to be a free kickoff show available on social media. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Apparently, it's going to be pre-taped. So probably due to what they're, what they're limited in doing right now. Man, 19 years. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling also makes an announcement. They've announced when Sacrifice is going to show up. Sacrifices March 13th on Saturday. No matches yet have been announced. Two big companies with two big pay-per-views. You mean one big company and Impact? Yeah. Come on now. (laughs) That was almost funny. (laughs) Weeklies time. Weeklies. Just going to hit bullet points, guys. We don't have to sit here and call spots and everything. Uh, We'll start off with NXT. You had the Kyle O'Reilly promo about, you know, the whole why. Adam Y promo. Pete Dunn shows up. Uh, actually, first it was uh, Roderick Strong showing up, and then he explained that he didn't trust him. He doesn't know who to trust anymore after everything that's going on. He didn't want him to get in the ring or anything. Pete Dunn winds up showing up. Finn Balor shows up. Um, there's just this lack of trust that they all have amongst each other, thanks to everything that Adam Cole did. Um, I don't think there was any type of confrontation here as far as no one came to blows, though, right? Because they have a match later on. Yeah, not at this point. They waited until the main event. Yeah, we had Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon against Candice LeRae and Indy. Finished being Gargano. Uh, basically, Austin Theory's at the top of the ramp because Gargano goes backstage and he retrieves him. He's tied up somewhere. I guess he was in the van. And uh, they emerge at the top of the ramp 
and this causes Candace to get distracted and excited to run up the ramp to go hug him, leaving Shotzi alone, and she winds up losing. But no one cares. They're all just happy that they got Austin Theory back. Poor fucking Indy got sacrificed, but they're like, we got our kid back. Yeah, they lost the match, but got their kid back. They were happy about that. And uh, before they got him back throughout the week, there was more activity on his social media. This got uploaded, I'm assuming, by Dexter Loomis while he was still missing. How creepy is that, right? <laughs> I fucking love his gimmick. Yeah, that's nuts. Look at his face. <sighs> that is a face a mother could only like as a casual friend. And stop looking at it the way. And I mean casual, like you only call that motherfucker when everybody else doesn't pick up the phone. That is a fa- that 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 face looks like he is about to do unspeakable things to Gargano when that camera stops rolling. Oh, I like how Candace looks frightened by him. Right, yeah, because she know what's coming. But anyway, he's back. They saved him. Yeah. Oh boy. Pat McAfee gives a promo about how Adam Cole was a piece of shit all along. Uh I love how McAfee got his shit too. <laughs> Leon Ruff has a match against Isaiah Swerve Scott. And I have to say, uh, Leon Ruff looks really good in these matches. I want to put on that. I think this might be the finishing sequence here. Let me see if I could get this to pop on for you guys. Because I thought that this was really cool here. This kid kid is amazing. He really is. Vicious side of Swerve starting to come out. Well, Leon Ruff banking on that overconfidence to find the opening he's been looking for. Oh, Scott. Switching gears in his own right, and now Watch Ruff, Ruff here. This is cool. He does a double stomp of Scott. See the pain etched on the face of Swerve. It's gets hit with a nasty clothesline. Might not be blocked. That's out. it. I think he's done. And then look at the Scott crucifix pin. Feeding here. off that pain. And now trying to put the finishing touches on Leon Reverses it. In the center of the ring. And that's it. Got you, motherfucker. I think he's the only person I've seen with a crucifix bomb as a finisher. Mm-hmm. Very solid. Because it's not even like a crucifix pin where he rolls into it. Like, no, he flips you and drives you into that shit. Yeah. Good stuff here. And then Isaiah Swerve Scott officially fully blown turns heel. Was that him fully turning heel? I feel like he's been healed this whole time. Yeah. It's just that he didn't really he, do anything aggressive. They, they, they've been gradually pushing him there. But then this was like the official, okay, heel turn. Yeah. Like right around here where he goes for the code of honor. You could tell he's been healed this whole time, though. You know, the problem is, though, George, it's not that he's overlooked. It's just that they had their chance with him and they wasted it so nobody cared about him. There you go. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, or as I like to call them, Quadra K. <laughs> versus Jesse Quadra K. <laughs> what the fuck? Versus Jesse Camilla and Aaliyah. Somebody has to do the fucking booking around here. Um, so the evil girl from Zia Lee's angle. Her name is Mei Ling, like like from Metal Gear. Snake, the Soliton Radar, that is you. Like, is that <laughs> that's what they put? Mei Ying? Like, come on, you couldn't come up with a better name? Anyway, finish being Carter goes over with a splash and Zia Lee does that marking thing. She marks Casey, right? One yeah, half of Quad that she will purge her next week. Does that mean she has to get waterboarded and all that other stuff? And she's going to come back and you know, she's a ninja too, right? She's a ninja warrior. So now she could be the ninja of the group. The bad part is with the shit they've done with this week, I wouldn't even surprise me. Hidden leaf. So, uh, somebody she's reached for. I swear to God, they're amazing. We get the dusty tag team celebration, bitches. And, uh, <laughs> you really need to add the bitches at the end. Why not? 
It's late and I'm bored. MSK um, are out there celebrating that they won the Dusty Road Classic. And then uh, freaking Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai also come out to get their celebration on. And then Nia and Shayna come out to interrupt. And uh, they do like a bit of a callback to the Dakota Kai angle because uh, Raquel winds up basically telling Nia, uh, well, basically first Nia reminds Kai that she broke her arm before, even though that move doesn't work uh, on the main roster, you know. But uh, Raquel winds up telling Nia that she's going to um, take her, her um, what the hell did she call it? Because she said she was going to shove, um, she was going to shove something so far per hole that she was never going to be able to get out her boot, right? Yeah, her boot. I, I was thinking like, maybe it was her boot that hurt something different. No, it was a boot. I don't know if it's a fist or her boot, but yeah, it was her boot. And she was going to shove it so far per hole that she never gets it out. And uh, to me, what made this interesting, because I know it doesn't sound that interesting in execution, what actually made me laugh was, did you catch Beth Phoenix and MSK during this? They were eating popcorn. Dude, I laughed out loud and rewinded it. I fucking cried. It was just the most random thing because where did all of that come from? It was almost like something you'd see in a cartoon, right? Yo, if this is a thing MSK does, run them them tag titles because that's fucking funny. But Beth Phoenix being part of it is what did it for me. Because, like, think about this. She's back in, like, in the building now. Like, she's there, there. So that means she would have had to have gotten off of a commentary, put her headset off, and... I can't even... Hold on. Yo, is that the screenshot? I feel like that's the it screenshot. It has to be. It has to be. It's too funny not. I yeah, legit shit. laughed out loud when I saw that just because it was like, where did that come from? I got to bring it back up on screen for you guys and try, try to freeze it there. What in the time? It was like, the most on, random like, like, shit ever. Like, wait a minute, what? Like, like p- people don't understand what you're seeing right now. Like, you're t- basically telling us that Beth had to stand up, take like her headset off, walk around that part table, of the scene. get into the ring, and then eat popcorn with MSK. And I love the look on her face like this shit's just fucking normal. That's what killed me was her face. Like, oh, ain't man. shit wrong. Like, this is just another week of the fucking cat, the fucking cat CWC. <laughs> I want to go a little bit further, though, because, uh, look, here's another shot of them. They're so into this. But the, after she said the thing about, I'm going to shove your boot up your hole so far that you never get out that you see that this guy passed out Wait, what? one of them passed out in the popcorn and they're trying to revive him in the background when she says the thing about shoving the boot up the stop hole it. stop it i'm dead serious i'm trying to find the spot but i remember that's another thing that was great like as soon as he said the whole thing like one of them i don't know which one it was but one of them passed out all over the popcorn They're like they're trying to help him. For the WWE. <laughs> the whole comment so killed him. So I, I say again, um, I'm gonna need them to give them boys some tag titles oh, because dude. they're athletic as all hell and they're fucking funny. And they're funny. It's just so funny that the whole comment and one of them passes out in the background with the. <laughs> And they're trying to fan him back to life now. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, this is my favorite show at this point. It's, it's the show that I think I, I do the most rewinding because I never catch it live anymore. I do the most rewinding of it. 
because oh, just the things that they came up with there. There's so much shit that happens. Like it's just, and they got that much popcorn it, 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 in it's, there. It's like those pictures where like the more you watch it, the more you look at it, the more shit you notice. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And there was more Cameron Grimes shit here. This is really becoming a music video now, right? Yeah, like, look at this shit here. It's just so ridiculous how far they're taking this, man. What is he saying? To the moon. Oh my god, that's so obnoxious. Enough of this shit, man. <laughs> Yo, there's very Yo. little. There's very little in NXT right now that doesn't pop me. I'm not even looking to be pop, but sometimes I'm watching it and it's just, uh, it's so weird, man. Who's booking it? Because this is, this could, it's, it's engaging to say the least. Like, this is what wrestling sure really should be currently. It sure as hell. Who ain't booking a fucking the main roster? That's for sure. All kinds of random weirdness that they're thought provoking. And then when the matches come, there's no fucking around. You know, that's exactly where we need it to be, you know? To the moon. Yo, I have fun. I would love to close to that, but I'm not going to. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Uh anyway, next was Kushida versus Tyler Russ. Good match with a unique sequence with Kushida having the hover hoverboard lock and then Malcolm Bivis winds up calling the match off. And yeah, threw in the towel, save his boy. The explanation was to protect his investment. I guess he didn't want him to get stretched out in the in the move. When I first saw him jump on the apron, I thought it was like an interference because that's all, all all managers ever do. It was like, oh, he's up in the apron so that the ref will go, hey. But no, he was there like, nope, this is done. Towel. Get him out of that move, please. So, so that was really cool. This fucking assassin killed my investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, singles match, Zoe Stark against Valentina Ferraz. Um, Zoe Stark, what was that, like a GTS guest move that she hits? I guess GTS. Yeah, something similar to a GTS. Main event six-man tag match. Danny Burch, Oni Larkin, and Pete Dunne going up against Finn Balor with the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong-ish, or the Undisputed Era-ish. Who knows at this point? Um, The ref winds up getting taken out in this, um, which is a big factor. And Kyle O'Reilly shows up. I mean, not Kyle O'Reilly. Adam Cohen, he takes out Kyle O'Reilly, and he hits him with a nasty bump on the steps. And I got to be honest, it looked like the bump hurt him more than Kyle. As much as they're trying to sell Kyle, which, by the way, the Dirt Sheets again reporting that he had a seizure. It was part of the angle. I don't know. Do they watch any wrestling on Wednesdays? No. It was ringside, wasn't it? Uh, I believe it was, yeah. See? Of course, fucking ringside. Just, yeah, they don't actually resource shit. They just say shit. And it's just, but yeah. yeah, apparently, like, um, he was feigning it, basically, for the sake of selling the spot. Yeah, Cole has to be careful though. Watch the spot and look at what they do here. That could have hurt Cole. I don't know whose idea is it to come up with this dumb shit. No, 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 no. Fucking Cole. Dude, what in the world are they thinking? They're thinking Adam Cole's indestructible. And afterwards, Cole does all the selling. Look at him. You're damn right you're selling. You're not even selling. That's, that's a shoot right there. You really hurt yourself with that shit. Some of the shit he survived at this point, you think he gives a shit? Nah, that's gonna work. But Cole probably sitting there like where's probably Cole probably sitting there right now, like, hmm, did it look good? Yeah. But alliances break down here because Balorax then he paylays Roderick and then uh this basically causes everything to break down between them. And he gets distracted essentially by his mistake. And uh in doing so, looking at the mistake he makes, he winds up eating the bitter end from Pete Dunn for Pete Dunn to go over. And that's when Adam Cole shows up and he manages to get the drop on. Kyle O'Reilly and uh 
WWE did release after NXT footage of Kyle O'Reilly being stretched out, which I think is what the dirt cheese bought. I'm starting to wonder if they're buying this or if they just want clicks and don't care about what the content is like everybody else that's suffering like from mental health horrible. issues. Damn. <laughs> yeah, heel turn, right? Anyway, here's the, here's the extra. You can't turn if we are your heel. Yeah, right. Can't turn if you heal. We, we've been we've been heels since last year. Bro, you know, are we good? That's just them stretching him out. Business as usual. What do you guys need us to do to help him out? Uh, strap him down and fucking carry him. What do you mean? This this. This business has been around for years. It's not very encouraging when you're asking, what do you guys need us to do? Everyone get home safely. Oh, they wanted to make this look really shooty, huh? Triple H is out there. His dad. Anyway. I was going to say, I thank you, Carl, like he died. Yeah, like this is the last time we'll ever see him. Right. Oh, look, they even, once it gets back, Balor's following them back there. Look at that. He likes them after all. They have Balor selling that he's distraught. That's nice. When we get the medical, our team will take it, Kyle. Hopefully, who do you think is going to get there first, him or Big E? Oh, God. He, he'll probably get there first. There's, from what I've heard, reports from ringside say they're still strapping down Big E. That is amazing. You know how reliable Ringside has been lately. Those guys know what they're doing. Big stuff. <sighs> so that's pretty much the way NXT went. Next, we're going to cover some AEW, which uh, we're going to start with the AEW Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament, which they had the, fir- the first round brackets in Japan. First match being Yuka Sakazaki against Mei Shiruga. The finish being the Magical Girl 450 via Yuka. Which uh, also, I actually did find out a cool little detail for the Japanese side of this tournament. What's that? If I'm reading it correctly, when it comes to that particular side, the girl who makes it to the final will be featured more on AEW. Yes, I did hear something yeah. about that, but I, I, didn't, I don't know what that exactly would entail. It basically uh-huh. means, like, it seems like if you make it to the finals, you're going to be a part of, you're not just going to be one of the Japanese girls. You're going to be actually a part of that roster. Right. So it's almost like now making it to the finals, even if you don't win, you still get you are basically still giving you something at this point. Like the titles, like yeah, the icing on the cake where it's like, hey, I get to be in AEW and I'm champion. Yo, one of these girls, I don't forget which one it is, but she had one of the most obnoxious intros. It was almost like it was like they designed it to see how obnoxious they could be. Look at this real quick. Listen to how long, like, just come out already. I screamed at my screen. I was thinking about myself, like, just come out. Ring announcer Rakia Shindo welcoming what us the to fuck? Warabi Wrestle Budokan here in Saitama, Japan. Introducing our first competitor of the evening, May Saruga. And as, as it was announced, all matches here in the tournament will be a 20-minute time limit, one fall to a finish. We eagerly await the AEW debut of May Saruga. She will be fighting out of the blue corner. And the next one does it even fucking worse. Let me see if I can get the, <laughs> if I can get the next one to come out here. Because the, it was like the next one. I think even commentary had to fucking say something about it. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, I'm like, holy shit. The best entrance music this side of Judas. 
Yuka Sakazaki making her eagerly anticipated return here to All Elite Wrestling. All this music is missing a Just keeps going. Wow. You seem like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? You get the fuck out there already. Is the magic. I wanted to kill her by the time she came through the fucking curtain. <laughs> it just kept going. What the fuck was that, man? <laughs> She came out with glow sticks and the fucking fingers with the lights Dude, on the I couldn't of- believe it. It felt like a fucking Seth MacFarlane joke. It was like, da, 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 da. I was like, is this looping? Like, how long is this going to be forever? He was like, it just keeps going. <laughs> They're so obnoxious with that shit, man. I got to be honest about it. Like, oh, the music. That's. Oh. <laughs> You're right. She was waiting for her favorite part. <laughs> It was like Suzuki went way earlier in the entrance. Except her favorite part is fucking obnoxious, man. This side of Judas, Yuka Sakazaki, making her eagerly anticipated return here to all elite wrestling. He ran out of shit to say. Just keeps going. Wow. couldn't believe it dude i'm glad i wasn't the only one man i was like what the fuck's with these entrances (laughs) he wasn't wasn't even being critical he was impressed he was like it just keeps going wow that that shit i had a problem with it until that moment i was like that made it (laughs) what the fuck was going on with that man (laughs) it sounded like that like wow it's still going oh my gosh you know the bad part about this? In my head, I feel like he meant that part of the song, but unfortunately for him, it just conveyed with the fact that it took her forever to come out. Oh my god, what is that? That is a long song, my friend. Holy shit. She really was waiting for her favorite part, though. The match itself was really good, though. Like, you know, she's always been solid. Yuka Sakazaki has always been really solid, and, uh, you know, very physical stuff going on here. The tournament itself was solid. This is the kind of wrestling that they need. You know, exactly. it feels like I don't even know. All of them seem to be better, even than when we saw them in the States. Like everything just worked better and connected well and things just looked good. You know, yep. and that's yeah, essentially what they've needed this really entire good. time. You know, I've always been impressed with uh, women's wrestling over in Japan, though. It's always been entertaining. So mm-hmm. and when I heard that there was a whole Japanese side to this tournament and then one of them was going to be in AEW, whichever one makes it to the finals. I was like, oh, yes, great. Yeah, and it was. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. I just never saw laughing about that shit. Like, uh, I'll never recover. I'll be giggling about that shit when I go to sleep tonight. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Next, we had uh, in the first round brackets, Emi Sakura against Venny. And Emi Sakura's not dressed in her freaking queen stuff anymore. Fred Savage, any of that shit. You know, it's like you're a woman, please don't, with no mustache or anything. I don't know if that was just like, was she trying to get over with us? Does she think that that's what American do? I said, I don't listen to Queen. It made me laugh when she used to do it, and I was kind of sad when I didn't see it. No, I'm happy. I'm so happy. It's awkward as fuck. Don't have his. You know what? You could make, and I've seen girls do it, and that's what bothers me most. You can have a design of something that represents the design without going all in. Like, she didn't need the mustache. It could have looked like a girl outfit with like the with the queen colors or something she didn't need a mustache don't you can you at least meet me halfway that she didn't need a mustache okay the mustache was a bit much yeah, it was a fucking yeah. bit much right especially if people see somebody coming like that with a mustache 
What are you, on Bunny? <laughs> because now that I think about it, the entrance would have made me laugh without the mustache. So yeah, I could get, you, I could give you that one. Come on over here and give your Aunt Bunny a kiss. She got a mustache. <laughs> she didn't even want the fucking mustache again. See what she did. See, you do shit like that, then wonder why I want the fucking mustache, David. Emmy Sakura ends this with a nasty dragon sleeper into a tiger driver. <sighs> Wouldn't want to be fucking Vanny. Look at this, man. That's the kind of dragon sleeper. That sucks. Look at it. Lock that shit in and chokes her to death there. I didn't know she was tapping Go with her foot. Sleep. You know? Sakura she, really she chokes. What I like about it, she chokes the life out of her. Like she's gone. That's it. Sakura has Damn. Venny in serious trouble here. Venny fading. All that's left is the corpse. Sakura, she can feel Venny fading. It is looking to make an expedient end to this. The double underhooks applied. Tiger oh, driver. High stack. One, two, three. Awesome. Like, she could have just ended it with choking her out. She says, no, I'm about to get a little bit of exclamation point. Very cool stuff with this. I did like that as much. You know what that did remind me of, though? That, that? reminded me of uh, Suzuki's PK. No, actually, no, no, he's God's pile driver. Because he always chokes her out with a sleeper hole before he does it. Yeah, I guess to an extent. Because, like, you can't resist shit. You're unconscious. So it's just like, don't be on your head. Yeah. Also, the Arihara moonsault that the other girl did, Vami, that looks really solid. Here it is on the screen for you guys to take a look at here. Damn, man, these oh, Japanese man. girls are good. Nice form on that one. Beautiful. Good landing. So, Perfect moonsault. Good stuff all around here. Uh, there was a very solid, and this is the kind of stuff that I think is missing from women's wrestling. There was this really solid uh, sequence that the two of them did, uh, a grappling sequence that... Uh, I, again, I feel like things like this are missing from a lot of matches, but this grappling sequence I thought was really solid here. They need to keep the pressure on. Emi Sakura well, fights she out. Brings it down to that Looking for Fujiwara armbar. Venny rolls through. Cross chops to the chest of Venny. Another chop followed up by a left iron shot. No! Tita just really good at this, man. Emi Sakura... Yeah. Very nearly put Venny away now with the double underhooks. Could be and taking Angel's Wings that. again, but Venny had it scouted through the wild shot. Emi Sakura backslide. Venny rolls through. Emi Sakura steps Open in. Mahi Stroll Cradle. No. Venny puts in the brakes. Dude, no. See, that's that's good shit right there. That was great. Yeah. Really cool. I did enjoy this for what it was. Anyway, after that, we had the next first round bracket. Of Ryu Mizunami against Maki Ito, which finished being Ryu Mizunami tapping Maki Ito, uh, basically first with a spear and then she rolls her into like a head and arm triangle, essentially. Yeah, the old uh, arm triangle choke. Mm hmm. And, uh, one of my favorite submissions, by the way. And I like the fact that she's actually a real idol. She was an idol before she became a wrestler, so she knows how to come to the ring to like entrance music and do idol stuff. But, uh, she also makes like a really good heel because you see when she feigned injury? Like, I love that part that where she's feigning an injury. Being brought to tears. Real means that What have you done, he's you monster? Hollering, Maki Ito is. Look at what she does oh, here. I love how she stomps the foot. Maki Ito is playing awesome. She's really grinding it in. <laughs> I love she to the toes of real Mizunami. And then she does like the Japanese, the taunt, the, the V with the eye. <laughs> Maki Ito. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I love you when she runs to hit the ropes. Tonight. Shoulder Boom. tackle. 
shoulder tackle that she did. The other girl doesn't even know what happened. She's like, what happened? <laughs> <That was laughs> I just thought that whole thing was cool. I love how cartoon-like that shit was. That was great. Yeah, cool stuff. You guys need to catch this tournament, man. It's, it's very entertaining. You know. Uh, final match of this Japanese bracket first round eliminator. Aja Kong against Rin Kadokura. With Aja Kong going over with uh, essentially a diving elbow. You don't want her diving on you. You know, that's right. bad when business. When I saw her go up, I was like, wait a minute, what? When, when I saw her go up, I knew she was then going to be going down. That's what I essentially know. Amazing seeing that woman fly through the air like that. You know? I saw Aja get up on that rope, and I was like, yo, it doesn't matter if she misses or connects. This match is over on this move. Oh, yeah, definitely. Here it is right here. You know it's look a at, shit. Look at know this. Heads up happened. to the top rope. The diving oh my God. animal. Oh. <sighs> I saw that shit. And I was literally like, you know, the, you know, it's bad when you know, no matter what happens, we're going home. <laughs> Incredible. So that brings us to AEW Dynamite, where it is revealed that Hangman Page fucked Matt Hardy over and swapped papers on him last week. I had a feeling there was some clever shit going on here. We didn't talk about it last week, but uh, where he was acting drunk, I was wondering if he pretended to be drunk, or at least I don't remember us talking about it. But uh, we, we didn't we didn't happen to cover that. We didn't cover. But yeah, I was thinking last week, like, oh, I hope they're not going to do where Adam Page is stupid enough to sign it. So I hope it's that it turns out he's pretending to be drunk or and it was it, w- it was a trick because uh, basically he uh he basically reveals. Well, first of all, there's a match. Let's take this in order because Adam Page and Matt Hardy have a match against Angelico and Jack Evans. As far as this match goes, I am pretty sure that Jack Evans got injured. I think that he might have gotten concussed. Or something here. I don't know if any of you guys caught that. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm not sure just because he could have. But then again, at the same time, I've seen the fact that Jack Evans selling is ridiculous. What spot did you see it at that you think rocked him? So I'm not sure because I look up, I look down for a second and then I look up and it's like he just seemed off. Yeah, I'm going to show you guys right here um, exactly what happened. So, essentially, here. Evans on to Angelico. On the okay, we got to go a little bit further back. He power bombs Jack Evans onto Angelico. Get out of the corner. I'd like to really look inside the head of Matt Hardy, but maybe okay, not. First, he does a power bomb to Angelico. <laughs> now, watch here where he catches Evans. Because essentially, Man, it looks power. like he hits the back of his head and neck, power bombing him onto him. See, see the way he hit there? Yeah. He hit his head and neck. Now, Jack Evans, anybody who's been watching him for years knows this dude's on point when it comes to, like, his spots and shit. Like, his timing, his aerial. He's, like, high level. The rest of this no longer works out for Jack Evans anymore from this point. Now, watch here how he starts acting. He's completely disoriented here. I'm going to turn this down a little bit. Completely disoriented. You'll see it here. The timing of everything that happens from this point forward is off. Matt gets tagged in there. This dude's still trying to gather himself. Well, but Hangman was going for that buckshot lariat. See, he's not fully there still. Keep watching him. See, he fell there for no reason. He got pushed. He falls there. See, he's disoriented. You know, he's late for the double team here. And Helico's waiting for him. Look at how late he is. Then he fucks up there. Barely gets it. Right? Then he sets him up for the Phoenix Splash here. 
And then Evans botches this Phoenix Splash. Watch this. Falls. Fucks himself up there. He never recovered. And if you keep watching the match from this point forward, the re he's just disoriented the whole time. They never talked about it. They didn't bring it up in the dirt sheets or anything. I don't know if it, maybe it was just temporarily he was stunned. But he's yeah. still not okay. Like this whole time I'm watching this match and I'm like, holy shit, somebody should have. I'm wondering if the finish to this match was an audible that they called because of the fact that they're like, this guy's not all right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the fact that we haven't heard anything. See, even there, you see how he was off there? When they try to flip him up, he lost his back. He's still not fully connected, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely seems more like at least the fact that we haven't heard anything. Because, I mean, they, they're not ones to hide if somebody gets hurt. It it looks more like he got his bell rung. And yeah. just try and just like we've seen a lot of these cases uh where the wrestlers go on autopilot and they mental they their their body thinks finish the match yeah and then afterward hangman reveals that he once had a good friend that told him to always carry an extra set of papers Brody lee easter egg turns out that he swapped papers for matt to sign and the new papers say that at revolution it'll be matt hardy versus adam page but if matt loses page gets 100 percent of matt's earnings from the first quarter of 2021 but then matt proposes that Page should put something on the line. If he beats him, he gets all of his earnings. I don't really remember if he agreed, but there was a mascot that came out there. Uh, and it turned out to be, what's his name? Uh, from the tag team in private party, right? Yeah. I forget which one of them. One of them was as a mascot. And, uh, he winds up basically attacking him there. And it turns out that Matt Hardy right there on the spot, he paid off on Helico and Jack Evans to jump Hangman Page. So they're beating the fuck out of him. All of the Dark Order and negative one come out to help i uh, popped when i saw negative one yeah and i gotta say this was really interesting adam page's main event caliber and i remember when we were watching him in ring of honor years ago myself at least and stacy we were watching him when he was a trucker with a jobber gimmick uh completely devoid of any charisma i remember his original See, i matches. don't even remember that i just yeah. remember, i remember him as far back as when he was in the decade he was a generic trucker with a generic trucker hat generic trucker music it was it was dry as hell. It was it's unbelievable the change. It's, I love watching ours because you see these guys' evolution to what they are, and he was a great example of it. And uh, yeah, the guys, amazing. Yeah, and in other news, Jim Ross had a bit of a botch, huh? Yeah. <sighs> Tell them what Jim Ross did. So Jim Ross announced the WWE champion Kenny Omega. Alex Marvez may have been there as well for the WWE champion Kenny Omega. One more time. Alex Marvez may have been there as well for the WWE champion, Kenny Omega. Is that a foreshadow? I don't think so. Of course not. I mean, hey, he's an older guy. It's live TV. Shit happens. He tweeted, yep, heat of the battle, live TV, my bad. The internet went fucking nuts. Oh, he's going back to WWE. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some of you motherfuckers have called your woman the wrong name in bed. Shut up. Drew also tweeted. And he tweeted this, this picture of him sitting that says the WWE world champion, Drew McIntyre, is not impressed or amused. Well, Drew, guess what? Somebody still has their title, don't they, Skipper? No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no longer. It's already outdated, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Care for what you tweet, people. Shit, Michael. Jericho gives a passionate promo about how Sammy Guevara is dead to him. Stacy yeah. suspected that this was directed as as a shoot thing to uh to Cornette. I don't know. That's a ten foil theory. What do you think? Eh, I don't think he. I, I I don't see them caring enough about somebody ending a friendship over some Trump shit to do it. But I mean, who knows? 
I'd have to find it honestly to let you know for sure. And truth be told, if they were, if they would, it's just because you know Cornette's gonna bite. So it's like fuck it, like give him something to be mad about. They've done it before. Yeah, I'm checking now. I'm gonna look through and see what he says. I want to hear him again and see if it somehow could be have a double meaning in the promo. Well, take it. And at the same time, then again, it could just be the fact that he literally quit the inner circle. So let's see. Own oh, man, Max, would you shut up? Would you shut up already? Okay. Listen, we all know what you were trying to do. Okay, everyone was watching Dynamite last week and the week before that and the week before that as you kept goading Sammy and pushing him over the edge. And congratulations, it worked. Sammy quit the inner circle. Good job, buddy. A lot of this is your fault. But the majority of this is Sammy Guevara's fault. You're damn right. Shut up. I wanted Max and Sammy to be in each other's faces, to make each other better. MJF learned this, Sammy did not. And after bad choice, after bad choice, after bad choice, and a week of stupid decisions, the dumbest decision of all was quitting the inner circle. Because when you walk out in the inner circle, you walk out on Chris Jericho, and for that reason, Sammy Guevara, you are dead to me. And I don't ever want to hear that son of a bitch's name ever again, you understand me? On to the business of tonight. Santana and Ortiz are going to win the AW Tag Team Championships and bring gold back to the inner circle. Come on, boys. I don't get Let's the impression championships. that... Uh... Championships. Championships. <laughs> fucking I didn't catch him, Hager. Championships again. Oh, I fucking love Hager. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, hearing it again. Yeah, just the angle. I didn't get a, a double meaning vibe from it, no. Uh Serena Deeb has a match against Riho. First time we've seen Riho in over a year. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, from both of them, I gotta say, Riho looked good in this too. Her music also, yeah, even though it's annoying, it didn't go on long. Right. You know? I was happy to see Riho again, I guess. For anyone that didn't watch the fight TV version of this, there was this really cool thing that happened uh, on the break. You probably caught in the picture in picture uh, where... Deeb essentially catches Riho in, I guess I want to say like almost a gory special. Let's have a look here on the screen. Larry and Orr, clothesline, whatever you want to call it, knocked her block off. Yeah. And that was forced behind that. Yeah, Serena's a great That's like the way it looks. strong, trains hard. Well, Serena Deeb, looking, oh, wow. The submission on Riho really tax on the spine, the shoulders, and Serena Deeb. Were she to win here tonight, would face Thunder Rosa in the that semifinal round Look of the US side she of the bracket. Down with her too. Thunder Beautiful. Rosa and then brings into that, that cover. No. The glory special has always been a always been one of those uncomfortable no. submissions I've seen. I wish this wasn't doing commercial, you know. One more yeah. time. Serena relentless. It looks really good. We're back live, ladies and gentlemen. Serena Deeb taking on Rio. Anyway, I just thought that was a good commercial break sequence. Second screen experience, as we used to call yeah. it back in the day. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so that was solid, you know. Also, keep in mind that Serena Deeb, apparently she has a bad knee. According, I believe it was Melsa who reported this. Um, So they were yeah. really limited at what they were able to do. And even so, the match was really solid and technical. And he's very right. He's very, very correct about that. So that goes to show how good Deeb is. Exactly. That girl's come a long, long way from getting her head shaved by CM Punk. 
Yeah. Yo, why the fuck were they showing Shaq and Jade playing basketball? I don't know. Why would I want to see that? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I got to see Shaq make a free throw, so that was a win for me. I got to see Shaq make a funny face into the camera. That's what I got out of it. I wish I, I wish he would have hit the black tornado, though. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why Every are time I see Shaq him thing when playing basketball, of all things? It's like he's, That's how he's preparing for his match with Cody? Is he being sarcastic? It must have been sarcasm, right? You know, I feel like it's half sarcasm and... How like like what else is he gonna know to get his conditioning good? I guess because he's gonna because I mean if I'm looking at it from a kayfabe standpoint, he would have to make sure that his body can go through everything he's gonna go through. So it's like the conditioning you have. What else is he gonna do? But the one thing he's always been good at. Oh boy, maybe it's just me throwing my logic into it. I don't know, but eh. I don't know, man. I mean, at least you're trying to be positive about it. I mean, I'm entertained by the angle. I just thought the basketball was a little bit weird. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just think that was the only thing is just the fact that, he's that, I mean, basketball legend. So it's like, get that cardio up. What am I going to do? Who? That thing I used to do. But you all I know right now is I'm do, a demand that black tornado. You could do other things, too. Yeah. If they were going up against Miz and Maurice, then the next thing would have happened, they would have made a video of them playing basketball, too. Ah. Orange and Chuck versus Luther and Serpentico finished being the Orange Punch. Uh, I fucking love that he calls it that. Yeah, yeah, it, it 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 is interesting. Um, so what happened with him with with Chuck and Cassidy going up against Miro? I think that is still going to happen, but this was just, I guess, it's the fact that we haven't seen Orange Cassidy wrestle in quite a while, and it's been like this loose back and forth thing between him and Luther, where it's like every now and then they kind of like link up. So. But you know what, to me, it's kind of stupid that there was no stipulation for Chuck to get out of being Miro's butler. All he had to do was be an asshole during the wedding, and then I said he's free. If you're going to go through the trouble of doing an angle like that, why not have a match versus Miro? Or have his friends need to win a tag match against the heel stable to free him? Why would it just be, you're my slave, but if you're a dick, then uh, you're free? It should have been that if you don't do exactly what I say, then you lose your contract or just something that would have made him have to stay there because what what stops people from just being dicks when they become slaves? Yeah, this is true. So, yeah, that, that, that was definitely a piece on that that was missing. But yeah, I thought that eventually I thought it was I thought they were saving that for uh freaking um Trent's return. Trent would have to return and be the one that saves his friend and gets him to have a match against Miro to break him out of that or something. But no, no attentive to that. Taz, Hook, and Cage have a promo where uh, they come in the ring. They're standing there with Sting, and they convince Sting to lose the bat. And Sting loses the bat, and to everyone's surprise, he winds up getting physical. He attacks Cage, and uh, Sting takes his first bump in AEW, right? Yep, his first bump in, I believe, about six years. Yeah, his last bump, too, because he broke to pieces. He shattered all over the ground. That's what, you know everybody, what, that, what... That's what everybody thinks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, but I guess it was actually a safe power bomb and not one into a fucking turnbuckle. But uh, the fi- my favorite part about it is the look on Sting's face when they had the overhead shot. He had that look where when you fall and you're kind of like surveying everything, like, all right, toes still move, arms still moving, I can feel everything. All right, cool, I'm good. Let's do it. <laughs> he had all that week. look like, Ooh, first bump back. I, I, all week long on- I need to skip all of the Taz out. shit. It would appear Then shows up You just stepped in this ring That's the worst thing You have done my friend And you see you need that bat You need that bat You best have that bat 
Because without that bat, you're done. Your boy Dobby, he got dragged down to FTW World by us. You need that bat. For years you've used that bat. Not many company you were in at the same time. Interesting. No bat. No bat. That's how it's going to be. No bat, no bat, oh, no bat. You're going to be a badass. Oh, you're going to be a badass. Oh, Sting! Oh, God! In the coat running. Cage's face. And now the Sting's stinger. blonde now, right? Is he blonde? Oh, look at this. A blonde Paul Sting. Oh, my God. Got the baseball bat around Sting's neck, but not for long. Oh, but Cage, the boots of the midsection. He threw the bat right back down. No, oh, what, no, 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 no. That power bomb. Ryan Cage. Rough stuff. Yeah. I mean, hey, he got he he got over the hump. He got his first bump back in. So. He got over the bump more than the hump. Yeah. But I mean, for me, that was a cool that was a good thing to see because that tells me he's feeling good enough to where it's like, all right, I'm ready to actually like start doing some stuff now. Awesome. And I mean I mean Cage took care of him. So Yeah, he looked good. Look very solid. I like that Cage is doing the old like JBL powerbomb though, where it's like he burns out the cigarette on the back. I like that for him. So the reports going on now are that apparently uh, Sting's going to be ziplining to the ring again. We're going to be going back to the coming down from the sky through the rafter yep. superhero he, entrance, huh? He's going to do his old WCW bit. Kind of. I, I can't. I can't wait for Tony to pop to that. With the luck that we've been having for the past couple of years with everything in life in general, not even just talk about wrestling, just games, movies, wrestling, life. Do we really need anybody flying out of the sky? Like maybe 2022 is a better fly out of the sky day, I think. You know what I mean? That might be the better year for this. Like I don't need him flying out of the sky. Do you need him? Does anyone want him flying out of the sky right now? I don't want that shit. He took a bump. That's good enough. I don't want the flying out of the sky thing here. You know, it's risky. There's a reason we don't do that kind of shit anymore. doesn't make any sense to me. Just going for an old pop. No zip lining sting. Come on. Don't let them do that shit. Rather have him do it here than anywhere else. Why? The other places have more experience doing it. When you, you know where it, I can go with this, right? I'm talking about WCW. Oh, yeah, is, I know. I mean, they merged with the with the WWE in a yeah, sense. But WCW ain't killing nobody. Yeah. Touche, touche. But yeah. I'm just, that's I'm more just of a reason why... I mean, we got people working from the same. A lot of people are from there. They're gonna get the same kind of people to do the shit. Probably not those people. I think that's the. I think that's the only reason Sting would want to do it here, though, is because he knows he can probably trust the people here not to do some cheap shit. It's like, do it right. Look, we're in a pandemic. If we could have Matt Hardy teleporting all over, do some sort of a CG Sting coming down. Oh no, because then all the fans are gonna do is bitch. They'd bitch more if he fell. Because I, I, I just. <laughs> I'm not willing to hear all the fans like, oh, they're doing all that cheap WWE teleporting CGI shit. No. Fuck the fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we got fans. He, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, have him come down safe. Fuck him. Because then if he falls, they're going to blame him for them suffering for their mental health. <laughs> I knew you were going to reach back around that. Sometime. I was. I was reaching really far. <laughs> So Kenny Omega's out of kindergarten. Is this whoa, kindergarten? Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? This shit's getting worse and worse. Get out of here. Go. Get. This, this is a new low. It really is. Right? Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry about that, guys. Now, what do you say the AEW champ reads you guys a book? Yeah? yeah? All right. 
This one's about my two bestest friends in the whole wide world, the Young Bucks. Anybody know who the Young Bucks are? And then the whole book's about yes, him. Yes, He only talks about the parts that are about him. I don't have to. I don't want to go into this whole thing. It's torture. I don't want to do that. We're gonna drop. Uh, people are gonna turn this shit off. If they turn this shit off by now, they shouldn't have been here in the first place. Michael Nakazawa was there. What is he? He's their butler now too. Does, does, does uh, Trent have to come free him too? They know he's free Nakazawa. Unbelievable. It's funny though. The one part I did like was when he shows the young bucks and that one kid asks, "Are they in love?" And he's like, "Well, they're brothers." I fucking lost it. So I'm sure they love each other. Right when that shit happened, I was like, "Yes, bit of the night." (laughs) Are they in love? (laughs) That's why you can't do certain shit around little kids. They start asking weird questions, and all the children gather around and beat up Michael Nakazawa. And then he baby oiled away. We don't like Michael, Michael Nakazawa. And they beat him and Don Callis is like, you don't need to be here. And he's like, leave. <laughs> you look so dejected. Santana and Ortiz take on the Young Bucks. Finish being, uh, was it freaking Nick with an inside cradle? I think. Yep. Nick got, uh, Nick got the small package on Ortiz. And then afterwards, the inner circle winds up jumping them. And Omega Callis and the Good Brothers are backstage and they take their sweet ass time getting there. Like Omega's like, you should go. They're getting attacked. You should go, go. Okay, you gonna go? You're gonna go, right? All right, go. They really need us. You should go, go. And they fucking completely <laughs> fucked up and left them out there to get wrecked. Yo, this Kenny Omega makes me laugh so much. He's such a catty little bitch. That's fucking fantastic. It also makes the Bucks look like suckers because they keep trusting Don Callis and Kenny Omega, and they keep just throwing them into 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 shitty situations. <laughs> You it's know? just like, but the days, man, it's like, no, no, fuck the days. See, now would have been a smarter time for that angle they did earlier in the year where they made the Bucks come off as resentful and dejected because of everything that they lost and all they lost was Adam Page. Now they lost Adam Page. They don't have Kenny Omega. There's not really a stable anymore. You know, now's a good time for that. And they get shitted on on their own program and everything else. Yeah, them doing this, they, them doing this now would have timed out a little bit better. Oh, my God. But, uh... Yeah, good match overall, you know, but unfortunately, at the end of this, they have, I believe it was, a, who was it that Jericho had in the Lion Tamer, MJF had one of them in the Lion Tamer, and then MJF had the other one in the Salt of the Earth, either way, both bucks are in a submission, finally the good brothers show up, um, Jericho's on the outside messing with Papa Buck, and uh, Papa Buck retaliated, pushing Jericho away, so we get a little bit of parent action there, Cody announces it's a girl, hell yeah. They have a little girl celebration there. Matt and Mike Seidel face FTR. I didn't even know he had a brother. Neither did I. And uh, his brother knows how to make a first impression just like him because he had a really bad botch. Ain't that a bitch. And ironically, it was a top rope botch. I'm telling you, man, fucking botch is thicker than water. Look at this. Does he hit this guy across the throat? Seidel up to the top. Oh, my God. A little across the throat, though. A little across the throat. That was all throat. You. Seidel up to the. Dude, look where he fucking landed his leg. That was like RVD Triple H levels of bad. (sighs) He fell off those damn ropes, boy. Anyway, that brings us to the main event. What the hell was this main event again? It was Moxley with Phoenix and, uh, Jake's and boy, Archer, Archer. Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade. Right. And Phoenix, of course, has to be on every week because he has another bad bump. Let's bring Phoenix's bad bump up on the damn screen. 
But right around here. Belly to belly. Almost into a slam. And Archer. Cowboy Bill Watts said there was always a premium for athletic big men. Well, we got one on top rope right now. Watch Phoenix here. Butcher. Look at him. Oh, my God. Great. Whoop, bye. Coming off the top. <laughs> Everything fell apart there, man. Take out Butcher. <laughs> you know what the bad part is? Usually we talk about the fact that Phoenix dies where he almost kills himself. That one was just bad. That was just him falling. It was just bye. He, he, you know what his bad part is? It's Phoenix, because this rarely ever happens with him. Phoenix, I don't know if maybe he thought he could get around Archer better than he did, but there was a point where it's like, I feel like he misjudged how big Archer was versus how little room he had. And then gravity just went, no, bye. Whatever you were thinking, no, bye. But I can't completely discredit Phoenix because when he's on point, he's on point. And later on in that match, he gets a beautiful hot tag. I love this sequence because it shows you the the unbotchy Phoenix here. Get this hot tag comes in. Ray Phoenix comes up. That's nuts. Face of the butcher. His hang time is absolutely amazing. Kingston gets the shot blocked. Chop to that chest like six minutes. Face into the arm drag. Creative. And look at the dive. And then El Fuego, Tony. Oh, he is unbelievable. Go, 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 go. Watch Re- it. Oh! Tremendous hack to the front. How oh, good he looks, right? It's fucking man, great out there, man. And then I believe he hits a tope suicida here where he doesn't die. No dick first or anything. I think this is just a good solid tope here. Oh, wait, not yet. I guess Kingston interrupts him there. There was a tope somewhere around. This was a dive we already saw. But yeah, you get the general idea. Looking good. Looking really good, man. Really like that. That what we saw was a rare case of Phoenix misjudging. But that is hands down one of the most athletic luchadors, I think, on this freaking planet. Yeah. It's Crazy. scary when you see him do those hot tags because it generally looks like in the middle of one move, he's already seen the next two coming. Yeah, really solid stuff there. And then the night's not over yet because the WWE champion makes an appearance. You mean the one that still has his title? Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yes, you can have your rematch, John Moxley. You can have your rematch. I don't even give it to you at Revolution. But the problem is, I'm the one that's going to name the match. If we beat you up, you just keep coming back. If I beat you in a straight-up wrestling match, you get jealous, and you keep coming back. You're talking about putting people on the ground, breaking their neck? Is that what I'm going to have to do, John? Is that what I'm going to have to do? Well, if I'm going to have to put you in the ground, how about this, John? How about you and I in an exploding barbed wire... Death match. God, what you the talk f- about having the loaded gun? I'm, what? <laughs> I'm the one holding the gun, John. Yeah, what? Exploding. And your time on this earth is limited. Oh, oh exploding bar Hold him down. down. Get him down. A death match. Trial of trigger. Exploding barbed wire death match. I haven't seen one of these in years. We were just talking about those recently, and here it is. But you know what? I think if there was ever a feud that would call for one of these, it's these two. 
Look at everything so. they've done to each other up until this point. And it's something that I've noticed when I, when I look back at their past matches. There's a dark side of Kenny Omega that has only ever come out when he's fought Moxley. So it's at a point where it's like, you can't just have them do stuff they've already done. So raise the stakes. And I mean, when it comes to Moxley, madness like this is his fucking wheelhouse. So yeah, this is a... This is not going to be a match. This is not going to be a fight. This is going to be a fucking experience. Yeah, it definitely Because I've never seen one of these live. <laughs> That's going to be but, different. I hope they don't nerf it to the point where it's just not worth doing it, you know? I, I couldn't see them doing it. But at the same time, I question the necessity of doing something that dangerous right now also. We don't need exploding barbed wire death matches. You know, like, that's not what we were told. We were told it's going to be more like a sport. Not like a sport. When we got people coughing up black fluids over at some point, I think the line kind of gets drawn at that point. All right. Well, in other news, Anna J, unfortunately, is going to require surgery. She's going to be out for so six to 12 months. The injury right in here. Any pain? Yes. Up in front there? Okay. How about back here? No. So we want to be very cautious with movement here. So keep your elbow here. There. Any pain? Okay. How about internal rotation? No. Okay. Push my elbow. Push your elbow in the back. Okay, I'll bring it forward here. Okay. Now, go and squeeze my fingers as hard as you can. Any pain with squeezing at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, any pain along your clavicle? Nothing until I get right to here, mm-hmm. the front part, the, the capsule. Okay. How about anything in the back here? Nothing no. through that. Okay. All right, good. Any numbness or tingling? No. Down along your arm there? Okay. All right. How about if you just bring it across your body? Just take it that way. Easily, okay. Now, easily this way, okay. Now, push it backwards, easy, easy, and then forward, okay. How does that feel? Mm, tight, tight, okay. All right, yeah. So, um, you know, so you have, I believe, yeah, you dislocated it, and you know, we're gonna have to get it checked out, okay. Oh, yeah, that's sucks for her. That timing, good luck to her, though, yeah. Get well soon, mm hmm. So, uh, AEW brought in 747,000 viewers with a point thirty one in the 18 to 49 demographic versus WWE 713,000 coming in close by 30,000 of a difference with a point sixteen half of the demographic in the 18 to 49 category. Still not winning. Doing a good job, though. Yeah, they've been they've been close. They've been close knit the past, uh, what, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. After Dynamite, uh. Tony Khan tweeted a couple days later, I believe, he said that the AEW Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament USA semifinal bout featuring AEW Women's Champion Riho versus former NWA Women's Champion uh, Thunder Rosa is going to be streamed on Bleacher Report February 28th as a free Sunday special one week before their Revolution pay-per-view. So this Sunday on uh, Bleacher Report is how you would watch the uh, USA semifinal of the women's stuff. So... Uh, it's going to be Bleacher Report, not Bleacher Report Live. Not even sure how that uh, that's going to work. I mean, I'm really, I'm gonna, I'll just take their word for it. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the run here with SmackDown and Raw. Most of SmackDown that we spoke about already, thanks to the pay-per-view last night. There are a couple of things I did want to go into a little bit more detail on, which was like the Dominic uh, Rey Mysterio match. I believe it was with Otis, right? Where, uh, yeah, Otis and uh, against Alpha Academy because it was Otis and Gable. Right, and they they turn heel here like officially. Let me see if I can bring it up. I want to get I want to bring up this whole damn long clip, but uh, 
Somewhere around here, they wind up turning heel on these guys. And Mysterio off the second rope, crossbody oh, caught. Oh, Lord. No. By Otis now. Oh, and just oh, driving man. Mysterio. Mysterio won the greatest of all time. Otis just dropped him. I think. Oh, and, oh, and a big splash. Pancake. Somewhere, Mark Henry's blushing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Poor kid. I guess we're scouting talent. Let me see who's, who's running the show here. What is it? Wait, what is this? What's happening? I think we got a disqualification. So this is the official heel turn. He kind of got squashed. I think. Yep. I think oh, the like pancake. The official called the match. What? He's finally learning. Oh, oh, learning what? How to lose? Otis didn't adhere to the official's count of five. I told you those guys are ungrateful psychopaths. What the hell are they doing? Follow the rules. It's simple. I mean, Dolph, you've been telling us about Otis for like a year now. I have for a very long time. He's a really good trier and good, nice guy. And you know where they finished? Last. And by the way, you just blew the match. Right here. Scout Talent. See a fair fight. This is once in a jump a little forward here. Because he no, no, this is over. Top. What are you trying to finish? Mysterio's defenseless. And Otis now up on the second row. What a splash. Yeah, heel turn. What do you think? I kind of feel like Otis was wasted, like that babyface run that we were getting out of him. You know, it just everything was destroyed. The man, the angle was dropped. Like it's just weird how they just they just start angles and then just fucking drop that, them. That, that that was one of my main reasons I was completely against the whole Miz Money in the Bank thing. What was the purpose of taking that off of Otis? So much for Otis and Mandy forever, huh? Because 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 it, it damn sure hasn't had any work, any kind of a payoff. All the while, we probably about to get Lashley's world champion going in WrestleMania. Could have avoided it if you just didn't take shit away from Otis. But no. SmackDown did 2.715 million viewers. They're back over the 2 million viewer mark because last week they were at 1.835 million viewers with a 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. That brings us to Raw, which last week brought in three hour overnight viewership of 1.810 million viewers. They were 1.715 the week before, so about 100, about 95 viewers, 0.95 less. Uh, Miz does his first promo as champ. Bobby Lashley and MVP come out as we spoke about last night on the uh, the post show for the Elimination Chamber, and he basically we it was like we suspected there was a there was an agreement made, and basically it was for a promised championship match. And long story short, he has an hour to give Lashley his answer about the WWE Championship match. On a side note here, um, Ms. Girl had an interview recently. She spoke to a B-Lash Mende of Sports Skeeta, and she's basically quoted as saying, I personally think that he's one of the best on the roster. I know it's a big change from my opinion 10 years ago. God, it's been 10 years. Shit. Um, but I love him when he's, when he's a heel champion. I think he's got the personality for it to go down, to, down to a T. And then she said, I loved meeting the Miz, and he was always super kind to me, and he worked super hard, so I definitely think that he deserves it. Well, she's an adult now. It's been a decade later. Yeah, and her kids are probably watching this shit. It's kind of funny to think of like she's been ingrained in a piece of his career for a decade now. Yeah, absolutely. Like at the time, she's in the stands, mad, and doesn't understand that she's a piece of history in that moment. And it's like ten years later, people are still asking her about that. Like, mm-hmm. So. Promoting the Peacock Network, USA and Raw promote Punky Brewster, the adult continuation of her stories with a teaser. We talked about that on here before. I actually had screenshots. I'm not going through them tonight because I want to leave. But there's screenshots of, uh, who was it? Charlotte and someone else who's on the show now, right? Charlotte and uh, Bliss, I think we're both on. Right. And they're on there. It looks like they're on there. Charlotte's Bliss. Look at they were wrestling. They were fighting in the living room or something. I don't know. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, 
you know, I didn't need them to draw a circle. Like they use like the marker, like the digital marker to use in sports. They drew a circle around the Thunderdome. Look, there's Punky Bruce. Like we could see her fine. And if you guys zoom the camera out, it'd be less blurry. You should know that we're your cinematographer. Good Lord. Fuck. Uh, New Day goes over retribution. Ali has a tantrum. They're slowly foreshadowing, I guess, that they're gonna, the stable doesn't look good. I, the only improvement was the fact that Mia Yim showed back up for the first time in a little while. Yeah, welcome back, Mia Yim. I'm sure you're happy to be here in this stable angle, or this angle stable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's been happening all night, right? <laughs> get high marks or get marks high (laughs) anyway uh miz basically comes on he tells mvp he needs more time but it's funny because he's getting pressured by adam pierce right and he's like you got to tell him you got to make a decision come on make a decision i'm just surprised he didn't go right guys i've made a decision my decision is no gave me an hour i thought carefully about it and no i can't do it why not he give what was the decision exactly anyway because braun winds up coming out needed more time and then braun comes out and shane comes out and lashley winds up attacking braun because they decide they're gonna have a match and he attacks him before his match and braun's dumb enough to turn his back on lashley yeah it's just like bro did you just get here and i love how braun's justification was i'm a former universal champion and i'm sitting there going that doesn't really have much to do with this belt braun and they 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 made it clear numerous numerous times this is, was going to be Braun's first singles match since October. It has He's nothing to do one, with it. One other time since October. Like I said, it has little little to nothing to do with it. But uh, yeah, that was pretty much that for for that segment. Uh, Damian Priest goes over Angel Garza, twenty four seven antics with Bad Bunny involved, of course, right? What what do you think of it? I mean. I like seeing a little bit more personality from Damian Priest. That's definitely been entertaining. Bad Bunny. Um, he whipped somebody over the ropes, right? Say what? He whipped somebody over the ropes, I believe. I think he did, yeah. When, when all the 24-7 <laughs> guys came, he whipped one of them over the ropes. He did something. He did <laughs> something. He's he's kind of adapting. Like, I can see, like, even, um, even from the way he comes down the ring, comes down to the ring, I can see him kind of, like, adapting to the WWE now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's solid. Let's see how it continues, yeah. though. Uh, Randy Orton's giving a promo when, I mean, you, you go ahead and take this, please. (laughs) So he's giving a promo talking about, basically talking about the whole thing where he didn't feel distracted by the fiend anymore. And he feels more distracted by Alexa bliss, but I rocked it right before they, uh, show the clip of her sitting in the pentagram. He starts coughing a little bit. So that clip goes away. And Randy's about to start talking again and then starts coughing up like some black fluid and then just scurries away. Who do you voodoo, botch? Yeah, that was literally who the fuck I thought. I was like, who, I was like, motherfucker, just, like, I was like, what voodoo priest did you piss off over Rumble Weekend? Like, what? This is worse than with the Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior thing where he was throwing up. You know, Papa Shango started training after this shit. Uh, did it really? Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Everybody started talking about Papa's jungle with this. <laughs> that was the best part of this whole thing. So we're right now. The Godfather's like, holy shit. Charlotte has a tag match with, and I guess that alliance with her and Asuka's over because Charlotte accidentally big boots Asuka in the tag match and Nia capitalizes going over with the leg drop. And when Charlotte goes to check on Asuka, she pushes her away and then they give each other a look. Sort of like, what the hell? And I guess that friendship's over. Right? No more? No more Sharsika? <laughs> They they sharded it. Oh my god! What the fuck? You are in rare form, holy shit! 
Did she go through the screen? You mean like a? I guess like, like, like in a, her like, 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 like in that like that movie, The Ring, is what she's saying. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see. I get it. They should have done that. Yeah, but get a shit out of kids. When she comes out of the screen, that's what they, I, would, I would do. I would have children want to run out of the room. I make it look like she comes through the screen and gets Orton, and he coughs that shit up. Hey, you never every know. Time, they might do it. Every time she comes, gets a close up and starts leaning toward the screen, all kids are gonna run to bed. We're gonna do it at nine p.m. to help the adults. Oh my god! Be in bed by nine p.m. or Alexa Bliss comes through your television and gets you. Let her in, or go go to sleep, or let her in. You know, how many motherfuckers will be running to bed. We're really glad that you. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> They know when Raw's over for them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the main event. <laughs> oh, God. But the one really cool thing with uh, that uh, with the Charlotte segment was um, when she approached Flair backstage and they started having this back and forth. Charlotte legit got emotional. Yeah, they have a confrontation. And essentially, uh, she's basically he's saying that he just wanted to be the man behind the women of the women's division. Which, uh, even if it's said the way he said it, it's still a very heel thing to say and a very heel objective to have. Why would you, a retired legend and old man, want to be the face behind the women's division? No one should be but a woman. You yeah, because no he's talking about basically being like, I guess, the man behind the Raw Women's Champion or something like that. No, just be the man behind because your time's over. And I love Ric yeah, Flair that's and pretty, everything. That's pretty but... much what Charlotte said. <laughs> and then she kind, of, she kind of just said, you know, let me be Charlotte. And, uh, did he even come out anymore in this? No, that, that was it for the both of them. Now. He actually listened. Well, yeah, like Charlotte, Charlotte, like, shoot, got for emotional. Like, I mean, there was no way for him to come off her things already over, but we'll see next week. Yeah. She's just good at that. I told you, it's not even that she shoot gets emotional. It's that she, all of her emotions look real. And it so happens that angry and sad and all that are what she's using now. But I've always said about her out of every woman in the world, most convincing character conveying emotions of anger happiness baby face heel you call it so yeah that's why i really like her yeah she you she know? puts herself into that moment yeah i really like that's my favorite woman i probably ever to be honest with you just because of how convincing the character is like i've, I've never seen someone just so convincing in their delivery and execution and everything so yeah good good job with that and yeah she does get very emotional uh AJ goes over Ricochet, Omos picking the bones afterwards. Why, though? Why did he have to do that? Like, I don't understand what would be the point AJ won, right? Yeah, it's just a pick up. I feel like they're teasing Omos getting into the ring. Because this is what they do every time. This is what they did with Ezekiel Jackson. This is what happened when Big E was on the main roster. The more physical they get, it seems like they're working towards Omos, like, getting, like, in the ring. All right. We'll see what happens with that. Uh... Lashley goes over Strowman. Strowman has clearly been relegated to not getting any kind of pushing here. Lashley's the one they're pushing. Miss tries to attack him with the title running at him. He winds up getting speared, spine busted. Um, who the fuck are the heels in this feud? No one knows. It's the last thoughts from me as they go off. They, the everybody's the heel at this point. Oh, uh, right. Everyone. That's, that's really what it is. Like, it's a heel versus a heel. <laughs> yeah, that is unbelievable. The, the only purpose of this match was to make Lashley look like a beast. Because he kicked out his Roman's power slam, and he hit him with that big spine buster he's been using. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff, man. Really, really intense, incredible, unusual, raw. <laughs> like, they seem to just re- replaced everyone in their position on the landscape into a completely different position on the landscape. Exactly. 
So yeah, next week we get Miz versus Lashley for the WWE Championship. I'm going to say this in their defense because we were criticizing them about running last year's WrestleMania again, and it doesn't seem like that's the case at all now. Yeah, because Goldberg's not here to fuck it up. McIntyre's not going in as champion or challenger. Like, no, nobody is. So it's not anything like the way that we thought that it was going to be. Which is better, you know? Just call that last WrestleMania an L. Don't try to run it again. Fatal have you that that it turns out that the vaccine doesn't work and that we all got to go back into seclusion <laughs> and then poor Drew McIntyre standing there celebrating again with not with the <laughs> just I mean, then, <laughs> but yeah the only other thing that came out of this raw was they officially started running the route the running um the vignettes because Rhea Ripley is coming to raw yes they did you're right I did see that there so I oh, like that vignette though it was nice yes very cool stuff uh, oh man I hope I'm, I'm praying for Rhea you know that girl, the only thing that needs to be done over is that girl needs to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania because that was the moment they fucked her. Like, holy shit. All right. Yeah. Let's see what happens, though. Everything, uh, good week of, good week of shows, though, you know. And again, I don't have too many complaints with the way things stand now. They're not doing anything that bothers me on any show specifically. They all have silly stuff, but I don't feel like WWE, even Raw, is lackluster where it's like they're like the garbage that people try to make them out to be. I think that it's, it's not works. the worst it's ever been. It's been worse in the past. Yeah, and the wrestling's been really good. You know, the wrestling on both shows is good. The wrestling across the board is good right now. That's the competitive part that I'm paying attention to is how good everybody's wrestling is, no matter what style, what company, what brand it is. And yeah, the booking is a little bit silly and hokey. They need to just can the writers. I've been saying that before. Whoever's doing the, the raw writing specifically is ruining it. The SmackDown writing's fine. And the NXT writing's awesome. You know, I think that yeah. a show that like what WWE is going for, I think that's exactly what I wanted in a wrestling show was a wrestling show with a lot of uh, style, a lot of good technical matches and good competition and tournaments and interesting stuff that happens backstage. That's either really interesting and intense or crazy enough that you want to talk about it afterwards. That's what it used to be like. And that's sort of what I get from there. I may not always like every week the Zia Lee thing. Some weeks I do, some weeks I don't. But every week I do like talking about that's the that's the whole element that goes into making a good show. Whether or not I like it every week doesn't matter. Whether or not I'm engaging it every week is what matters. And if every week I want to see what else is going to happen as ILE, then you have succeeded in your mission. And right now, honestly, NXT is the only brand where I'm curious about what's going to happen from the previous week and how it's going to affect the next week. Everybody else, I could give a fuck. You know, like nothing feels like I, I'm interested in where it goes, except now maybe the, the with the uh, WrestleMania season coming in uh, with the championship matches that we're getting, Edge with Roman. And uh, the interesting thing with the Miz going on right now, you know, but it's where we go from here that matters more. And I'm really annoyed that there's two pay-per-views after the Rumble. When the Rumble's supposed to be the road to WrestleMania, you get Elimination Chamber and then you get Fastlane. And before it used to be just Elimination Chamber. And then when they put Fastlane, it was that Elimination Chamber was the last stop for Raw and Fastlane was the last stop for SmackDown. Now they're not even doing that. It's just two more fucking pay-per-views for everybody. And even before that, it was just that No Way Out was meant to deal with the other half that didn't involve the Rumble winner. Yeah, and now, I, I don't know, they just do whatever here. But again, good and bad. I don't fully complain about that. I'm still enjoying uh, overall just the wrestling in general. Yeah, at this point with me, it's just if I watch it, I, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because the way I look at the way I've been looking at everything when it comes to all the products that I watch, everything, I'm just like, all right, I can't wait to see what happens next week. 
Same here, man. Same here. All right. We're ready to get the hell out of here? Hell yeah. All right. Sweet. That being said, don't forget to tune in for all the other stuff. Tune in. Check here around anytime between around 10 and 11 p.m. We have other streams, let's plays, other things going on. It's not always wrestling related content, but uh, we will be having that too. But uh, yeah, for those of you who are just here for the wrestling, we'll see you next week as usual, Monday night, 11.30 p.m. after Raw. You're probably listening to this since it's late on Monday as I'm running late on next week. That being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this entire nocturnal night, including Sakuhasu and Sugar Shane, Stasis Dreams, Six Slayer, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Kula Ice, Linear Volatile, Rubber Slayer, I Kabagan, John Vincent, thank you for the follow, Enos Ganjo, thank you for the follow, George, thank you for not having too much impact inquiries this week, Weekly Planet, as always, Ashley, thank you for being here, Alfred Sauce 420, Saheed Anwar, thank you for all of Camula, Bloodluster, as always, and of course, all of the lurkers that didn't have tags coming into all the various platforms, we see you, as well as everyone listening across all of the various podcatcher podcast apps like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, and many more. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Bunch Live, episode 440, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier, we're out of here. And we are. Shut it down.